What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. But a cough! Hey, behaves! I was thinking, uh, you know, we always do uh, my bookie ads. Do you think a nine grievance parlay from Antonio Brown is going to be tough to land? What's the payout on that? $61 million, it turns out. That I, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be. You know, I, I I had this thought last night. I'm taking a shower like late, and I'm thinking like, God, you could have got some really good value on some underdogs today. The Bucks. What if you had parlayed the Bucks and the Raiders and the Saints? I mean, you'd be a rich man. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's always easy to think about that after the fact. <laughs> now the difference for AB. With a $61 million grievance is unlike a parlay where you just put down, you know, 10 bucks for 7000 You got to pick like 15 games, right? He did sign contracts at one point in time at multiple places that had seven figures in them, right? Like when someone, I was telling you, the analogy I use, like, remember this used to happen at McDonald's a lot? Remember when... We were might have been like high school or junior high. There was that first ever big enormous lawsuit on the McDonald's coffee that was super hot and she spilled it on herself and she sued for a shitload of money. And there were counters like, well, it was coffee. You know, you are getting hot coffee. Right. But she won. I mean, that's the reality of the way the world works. And I think you often see in just lawsuits just kind of in that vein that people throw a Hail Mary, right? Like, I broke my foot on the stool at Applebee's. And you guys had it in the wrong place. I'm suing you for $78 million. (laughs) But they're willing to like take $47,000. So what is the number that AB, what is his walk away number? Uh, It's a good question. Have you seen? Five million? There's a a Skechers ad for like work shoes. They're like all black. And like it's got in it, it's on TV a lot. And there's like videos that they make them look like closed circuit TV, like work cameras of people like slipping on the job. Have you seen this commercial? Uh, I don't think I have. The first one is like a guy in a warehouse, like pushing something out towards the uh, like the loading dock, and he goes down. And then it's like somebody in a hospital hallway, and they go down. And the falls are so fake. <laughs> 
But it's like, I don't know if they're actors or if they're just actually people falling and they're bad at falling or if it's people trying to get, because I love those videos. It's like, ah, remember there was one from like a guy in like a, a, a work kitchen a few months ago that made the rounds on the internet. It's like he went down, but he really just kind of looked around and then kind of like fake fell down. Well, I, I, I think my favorite ever grievance slash lawsuits, my, my favorite ones ever are the one where like a robber breaks into a guy's house and like trips and falls into a knife or something and then sues that person. And I'm pretty sure one case in like the last 20 years, the robber won. And it was, I mean, it's just so extreme. I'm on a group chat right now. I'm on a couple random ones, but this one guy in one of them, a buddy of mine, Michael Madsen, broke his foot. And he broke his foot by playing soccer with, I think, he has a daughter. She's probably somewhere in the age range of two to three. And he said he kicked it really hard. He was trying to kick the ball mm-hmm. and hit the hit the couch and broke his foot. And I started thinking, like, you probably could throw a Hail Mary of suing Lazy Boy or whoever your couch manufacturer. You might have a chance. Or maybe you know? they just settle because like, they want they want it, they don't want to deal with it. Exactly. What if you just get like fifteen grand? I or think something? these companies get sued all get some bullshit lawsuits. I gotta think all the nonstop. 24-7, guy. 24-7. Do you think you'll ever be behind one in your life? Or you can never say never. Uh, yeah, I, I never know. I, You know what I think of is the movie Liar, Liar with Jim Carrey, where his secretary's quitting. And she her thing is exactly this thing. Like, my friend, somebody broke into her house. I don't remember the story exactly. And she shot him, and he sued. Or he fell and slipped on her kitchen floor. And... Uh, and Jim Carrey's That's like, what I'm talking and Jim about. Carrey goes, I, I would have like got him double or something like that. <laughs> I've always heard about these stories in the hot coffee stories, the Cosmo Kramer hot coffee well, stories. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I heard a story and just, I went to a cow game with, a, I, I probably can't give the name just in case it gets back. He just had a big settlement and you just hear the way the settlement worked again, for something that happened to him with insurance company, and he was legitimately owed the cash, and he got some. But it's just so shady. You know, it really is. And even Antonio Brown, like, we'll talk about Vontez later, because I see a lot of people talking about, like, the NFL should just, the players should stand up against them. Like, what are you guys talking about? They're all in the union together. When he appeals this, they're, the money they give to that union is helping him fight it. Like, they're all in this together. They're not independent contractors here. This is that's what happens when you're in the union. They're all in the fucking boat together in one way or another. Can I tell you my insurance company story real quick? This is recent. Sure. You'll like this because it's complete bullshit. So I have uh, insurance from Kaiser. I do not have optical insurance. I know that I don't have optical insurance. I don't pay for it. I just pay out of pocket for contacts. I need an eye exam. Gotcha. Right. Whatever. What do contacts cost? Like, do you have to get them every month or like? Yeah, I just buy like a year's worth or six months worth, whatever. It's three hundred bucks, something like that. So I go to Kaiser anyway, just for my opt. I need a new exam. See, this is what we were talking about the other day. Anyone that has contacts knows if your if your contact prescription is old enough, you, it you can't get new contacts. You have to have an updated prescription. So I'm like, what happens with Adderall as well? Okay. So I got I got to go to Kaiser. I go to Kaiser. I mean, I don't have to go. I can go to Costco. I can go anywhere. But it was just convenient. Yeah. I went to Kaiser. For the exam, $170, they tell me. Great. Here's $170. I get home. A month later, I get a bill from them for $420. Bucks. I'm like, well, what is this? And they're like, uh, well, the $170 was just a down payment. They didn't know in the optical place that you don't have 
optical. That's a different department that knows that. And I'm like, well, I knew that. They could have just asked me. I'm not paying you another $358, whatever it is. You told me it was one seventy. It's, it, I mean, it is a scam, John, an absolute scam. Well, guy, it's the, it's the one I was, business I in was America. Speechless. I'm like, it's, you're telling me the, the upfront one- price you told me actually isn't the price? It, the insurance companies are the one business in America. I can't expect you people to know. Well, guy, we consistently pay them, mm-hmm. and whenever we need their help, we we pay them every oh. fucking month, every fucking month. Car insurance, health insurance, fucking teeth insurance, you name it, we pay it every month. Yet whenever, I mean whenever, we need them. They are nowhere to be found, and if we do find them, they just want more money. It never fucking adds up. Nope. It's, it's listen, this is not to get political, not well. but it's why the, my issue with Obamacare was, so you're just forcing every single American now to make sure they get money. We've seen, they never help anybody. I had the same thing happen to a dental appointment guy where I went, and my for whatever reason, you, I had I had a new plan and it didn't kick in until six right. months. Yes, that's right. And and I had gone like five months. Right. And I said, listen, I, I don't have the contract in front of me. You told me it was covered. So you come back three months later and like retroactively say, well, actually, listen, we told you to come in. I said, listen, I'm only coming in if my insurance covers it. You said it did. And now you're acting like I owe you $875. Oh. Like I, I, Again, you told me to do this. I paid you whatever, 200 bucks at the time. You're fucking me. Yep. The insurance company's fucking me. You're fucking me. We're all getting fucked here. Was this after the uh, procedure was already done? All it was was a cleaning. But I'm just but, saying this you know, was before or after the cleaning. It, was a, it wasn't just after, guy. It was like two months I, after I where I get a call. Where I get a call, like, John, we have records that indicate you, are, you owe us whatever the number was, like some random arbitrary $777. Right. I'm like, well... I'm pretty sure that I gave you a debit card or credit card for 210 yeah. at the appointment. Right. And you said, we're square. The thing that it, I can't understand, how is it that the person who has the computer can't know this information? It's insane. They never do, guys. They never oh, know it. And it's, it, it's always wrong. It's membership. But my issue, though, is not even with them. You know, I know your dad's in the medical. It is a weird deal. It's more with the insurance companies that we consistently pay. Everyone listening pays, whether it's through your business, whether it's personally, whatever. Car, all the insurances. And whenever we need them, guy, it's fucking crickets or it's red flags. Is that? Have you ever just had one time oh. where you call your insurance like, no problem, we got well, you. Well, I've never found it to be crickets. They're more than happy to get you a service because <laughs> they're about to get make more money. It's crazy, man. It's... It's insane. The, it's insane. So it's like if you, I know you've been paying every month. You just need five thousand dollars more of service, and then we'll be able to cover you. I'm like, okay, cool. It's crazy. It is an incredible business, and it prints cash. Well, I, know I mean, that. yeah. <laughs> Insured people should never have to uh, go to, uh, uh, you know, GoFundMe pages for their insurance. That, that's the one that always baffles me. Like, wait a second. Well, they, you they, have insurance, have to, but you have to raise a hundred thousand dollars for the surgery. Then what's the point of insurance? Well, that's the, that's well, the insurance people. The there, there's a reason they all fucking live in big-ass houses at the top of the hill, guy. People that run the insurance which, companies. Which, which, hill, which hill they live on? Well, you you go to any city, they're at the top of it. <laughs> all right, this podcast is brought to you by... That was heavy. It was heavy. 
I'm sure everybody listening has the, has a oh, five. We all we like all that. have insurance problems. I mean, every single one of us. Ease.com, promo code ham, not a problem. This is support. These are people that are there for you, John. Like this like you are for us when you support uh, our advertisers, and we appreciate that a lot. Like ease and easewellness.com. That's E-A-Z-E and easewellness.com. Someone tweeted us this weekend. I don't have the tweet up, but he just got a huge uh, delivery because of Ease.com, promo code ham guy. They got uppers. They got downers. They got vapes. They got pre-rolls. They got gummies. I use a vape, a gummy, and a pre-roll all in the last three or four days. Uh, I know I dabble. Ease.com, promo code ham. We also have, though, guy, our friends at EaseWellness.com. They have this thing called CBD. CBD. Uh, It helps with aches pains, you name it, sleep aids, doggy treats, bath bombs, has it all, easewellness.com, promo code HAM, $20 off your first purchase. Uh, it was Drew that tweeted at us, a.k.a. What it Drew, baby! Uh, and he loaded up from from what I can tell. So we appreciate that the support, did, baby. Drew. Uh, thank you. Uh, someone tweeted at me, does my bookie have an app this weekend? Uh, I don't think it does. Oh. Well, I, but because I, I, I just I go on did. my phone to mybookie.ag. My bookie, does it? I don't know. My bookie. I'll edit this out if it doesn't. I don't think it has an app. No. But it, but it, yeah, I don't I don't know. Mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number one promo code ham and the number one John. That's where you go to make moves. Um, mybookie.ag promo ham one the fastest payouts, better lines than any other sports book. Well, Guy, if you're listening to this on Monday, as we're recording it Monday morning, there is a Monday night football game, Bengals at the Steelers, kind of gross, but what's the way to make a gross game look kind of interesting? And that's to gamble on it. The Bengals are getting three and a half against the Steelers. I'm just not sure the Steelers are any good with Mason Rudolph, but they are at home. Should be a lot easier than playing on the road in San Francisco. Bengals, I actually think Zach Taylor has not been terrible through his first couple games. I know they got their ass kicked by the Niners, but other than that, he's been pretty good. He's a good little play caller. Kind of like the under here, 44 and a half. Uh, and then we got a pretty, might have up to this point in time, I guess the Eagles-Packers was highly rated game. We're going back-to-back pretty massive Thursday night games, Rams-Seattle. And uh, that's a sweet That's a sweet. That is. Uh, I think the Rams, the Rams are minus one on the road, which is kind of crazy. But pretty excited for that game, guy. Again, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one. Had a pretty good weekend. Uh, just keep it rolling, baby. Get your gamble on, promo code HAM, and the number one. I had a big bounce back week, John. 5-0 and in the Pac-12 for me. Attaboy. Mm-hmm. We both agreed. You said it. You loved it. I loved it. Uh which was Washington to cover against USC should have won by like 30 points, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, and then, and then I liked Utah a lot at home against uh, Washington state. I had an enlightening experience. I watched a lot of the Ohio state Nebraska game. And you think Ohio state's the best team in the country, don't you? Well, not just that. You think Justin Fields would be better at Georgia than Jake Fromm, don't you? No, I mean, they're fine with, it is what it is. I, I just think Ohio State's on this run of elite players that's just eye-opening. Yeah. You just watch them. It's like, God, they got pros everywhere. But more like there's a reason we do, uh, you know, three and done in, in football, like the one and done. And it hit me why so many players miss in college basketball. 
Because when you're trying to evaluate a 17, 18-year-old guy, I mean, think how impossible that is. I I watched a decent amount of YouTube of Adrian Martinez. He was a Fresno guy, huge recruit going to Nebraska. I thought he'd be a star. He's not only not a star, he's not a good player. John, I thought he was Marcus Mariota two games into his career. He's fucking terrible. Like, he's just not. And it's... I think it's fair to be like, well, it was the Vents arguably the best team in the country. I agree that like I'm not going to put all my stock in that one game, but he's just he's not even close to being good enough. He looked terrified, he looked petrified, and he's just not accurate enough. So did you, they got a problem? Did you see the like the open of that broadcast before the game actually kicked off when Nebraska uh, was no, coming I, through I, the tunnel? I came in. I came in. No, oh like four God. or five minutes in. I was so fired up for that game. Because they, they show, like, not only do they place show Nebraska. Ro- place was rocking. Not only do they show the Huskers coming out of the tunnel, they showed them going through the tunnel, and there's, like, smoke and the music, and there's, like, fans light up, lined up under the stadium, like, underground before they emerge. And there's, like, a cage that opens, and I was like, this is incredible! And then within five minutes, it was unwatchable. But they did have a quick stretch when it was like seven to nothing. They were running like the triple option, Tom Osborne they did, style. That did happen. And yeah. it was like, this is pretty cool. That's the, We forget, and this is much more of an NFL show, just like most shows are once you come to Monday, because the crazy part is how sweet Saturday is, the environments. Sunday is, has nothing to do with the environments, really, right? Like the Bills is cool and the Saints are cool, but it's much more about the field. Like to me, all day Saturday is. These games were just awesome. Just the, how fired up everyone is in these stadiums. Like the Clemson game, play North Carolina, Notre Dame game I was pretty locked into. The environments are badass. Well, Washington they, they SC really was are. cool. Oh, the big time. game. Utah was rocking, beating Washington State. People so, just just a different level. Uh, Rex Ryan and his brown and orange. I, I miss Rex, John. I really I missed Rex Ryan. I wish he was coaching again. I'll settle for him on TV talking some trash the Browns and Baker Mayfield they backed up their end of things and it really I'm glad they won because it makes Monday night against the 49ers all the better and I do think they're going to give the like I I, the Niners this is not going to be easy if they're going to win on Monday night football against the Browns whatever you think of the Browns well guy they didn't just win they kind of kicked the shit out of them I mean they, they were they absolutely dominated the game Lamar I think had like a buck twenty again going into late, you know, past midway through the third quarter. He he, he was a shell of himself. Lamar has been a shell of himself the last couple, the last couple a weeks. A shell of himself from two weeks ago. Yeah, well, I mean, the first two weeks, guy, he had seven touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. He was unreal. Turned out they played. The, just, maybe it turned out they played the Dolphins and the Cardinals. Yeah, they've come back to earth. I, the one thing I would say is they kind of have a formula. Is their best player on offense the guy they can rely on the most? Just because. The receivers, you have to throw them the ball. The great part about a running back, you just fucking hand him the ball. Is Nick Chubb dominated? Now, he did have... He had an 88-yard run. I mean, he ran for 165 yards, but he had an 88-yard run. But he was... He was... Kicked the shit out of the Ravens. I just wonder, when you look at the Niner game, you would say, well, the Niners' best attribute right now is their two linebackers make all the tackles. Like, is he going to be able to bust out a 50, 60-yard run? The counter is going to be, to me, is Odell. I saw he had one catch. Beckham had two for 20. Jarvis was kind of the star yesterday. Well, the Niners are missing Akella Weatherspoon. So, Akella Weatherspoon, to me, would be the guy that you would put on Odell Beckham. He's faster than Richard Sherman. Odell Beckham gave Richard Sherman trouble, like in Richard's prime, his first couple years. This is a tough matchup. 
that I, I just don't know who covers Odell Beckham because so far he just like yesterday I kind of tweeted like where's Odell Beckham and a bunch of Browns fans well he's getting mugged on every play I don't know if you saw the highlight but they, he was getting choked on the ground well, he <laughs> like threw the dude a punch though Maybe he did, but he was getting choked on the ground. And it, he was drawing penalties. Like, he was doing... He clearly took all their attention. Jarvis went off. Nick Chubb went off. I do think for the 49ers, like, he's going to take some of their attention, too. The good thing is you go, well, then oh, then Jarvis going to have to beat us because we'll be able to tackle Nick Chubb. We, he's not going to be able to just kick our ass all game long because our two linebackers just make a ton of tackles. And then the Ravens, Ray Lewis and C.J. Mosley ain't walking through that door. Like, my, my takeaway on the Ravens a little bit is, like, hey, guys, you can't let seven good players every year just hit free agency and not resign any of them for six straight years and just maintain really good defense. You're just eventually going to have some holes. And I, I get Earl Thomas, you know, kind of sheds a light that, you know, with the Niners, everyone's like, get Earl Thomas. He quit yesterday on a play chasing down Nick Chubb one, and he was screaming at the coaches for, like, an inactive on some other random guy. Like, Earl you're just a shell of yourself, buddy. Keep quiet. You know, there's a reason why the Seattle Seahawks didn't pay you a third contract. But, yeah, it's going to be uh, I just want to It's going to be a big game. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, look, I, I do I, think for the Niners, this game's a little bit, because you're coming off a bye, it's good that they got a team that just kind of moves the needle right now. You know, if it was just some random, like the Cardinals or something, people would be like, ugh. But this is, you get Odell Beckham, you get Baker. Baker never shuts up. Well, these are, it does add some some buzz. Well, add some buzz. It's not false buzz. They have the, the, we'll see what happens Monday Night Football, but the AFC North has two winless teams, two 2-2 two and two teams, and the Browns just beat the Ravens to get them to 2-2, two and two, which means they have the tiebreaker, which means they're in first place in the AFC North. And, Sean... Go ahead and check your standings right now. The 49ers are the only unbeaten team in the NFC West. We'll get to the NFC West in a few minutes. But this is a meeting of first-place teams, at least as it stands right now, next Monday night. But nothing nothing will change tonight because those two teams, one's just going to have one win, the other's going to be 0-4, right? Right, I'm just saying, but like one of those teams, like Thursday night, the Seahawks or the Rams win. Right, so they're a four-win team. Uh, I was talking talking the AFC North. I meant the the nice game. They're both 0-3. Right, 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 right. So, so it's not like either of them will be tied with the Browns. Correct. So, anyway, I'm just saying, like, I think in terms of outside of just the matchup, there's just going to be a lot of hype on this game, and because the Browns won, it's legitimate hype. Like, well, it's, what are the Brown? What are the Browns thinking? Right, we fucking beat the Niners on the road Monday Night Football. We're three and two. We're in great shape. Like playoffs, baby. Don't you feel like too? This is and that would be a good little stretch too on the road to Baltimore on the road to San Francisco that'd be impressive stretch and i know the buck yes and i know the bucks look good this last weekend i mean they look really good they put up points against the rams but would you say this browns game is the best test the niners have had just given that personnel or would you put tampa above it or going to cincy or well i you know they got tampa week 1 which is always uh, weird yeah I, but you know that tampa win i i i think tampa's they have a ton of really good players, especially offensively. So I think that was an impressive test for the 49ers defense. Like, to me, that's their most impressive test of the three weeks. Mm-hmm. This game, to me, is a different level just because 25 million people watch Monday Night Football. You know, everybody's watching this game. Like, we're talking before the show. Like, yo, you watch a little of this game. I watch a little of this game. Like, everyone on Sundays, if you got the Red Zone channel, you're just kind of watching a little bit of everything. 
everyone watches the Cowboy Saints. Everyone watches Eagles Packers. Not, I mean, some people might just turn the TV off tonight or just watch something else, but people watch the three primetime games. They isolate where the football fans, which have proven to be the mo- get the most attention by far of the three major leagues, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, if you put on famous teams or good teams, the, the amount of eyeballs is astronomical, one. And two, the players aren't dumb. They know that. Mm-hmm. So it just it adds something to it. Now, the broadcast from Monday Night Football sucks. But if you put good teams on there, people just watch it. Just high numbers. Well, the other thing is, this is Baker clearly loves playing in the spotlight. Whether he's good in it all the time, time will tell. But this is the first bright light. Whether or not you think the opponent is the best test, it's the first true bright lights game for this team now right for with for the Niners for Jimmy Garoppolo yeah because the because wouldn't you say the Browns just got a little taste of that two weeks ago and kind of got shit on after laying an egg Mm -hmm. like the 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 elephant in the room of a primetime game is there's a lot more talk about you good or bad even though it's a small sample size like the Niners win or lose regardless what happens they do have three other games they've already put on tape and put together, so they'd be. It's you know I think if the the rule of thumb is you go three and one in every quarter, you're just going to end up twelve and four. And if you go three and one in two of the four quarters and go five hundred in the other two, that's ten wins. So it's like they're already they've already done their job in the first quarter of the season. If you win your first three games in every first quarter in every quarter of the season, you're headed straight for the playoffs. So if they lost this game. It would. It's gonna feel enormous though, because it's Monday yeah, night football. That, yes. e- even even though the the implications, like yesterday, was kind of must win for the Browns, right? Because they would have been one and three. Then they're on the road off a team coming off a bye. Where for the Niners, I I would say like I thought Tampa Bay was must win because then it snowballed into what happened. This is not a must win game though. We're gonna. It's gonna be indicative of. Remember the stat they always talk about with Andy Reid for like. 20 years, he's 19-1 and one off a of bye. Like, usually the good coaches, I, Belichick's numbers are really good. Good coaches off a of bye have an enormous advantage because you just have so much more time. You can self-scout a little bit. You can get ahead of yourself. You can be at home sitting on the couch eating in and out with your kid like Kyle maybe did yesterday and just, I don't know if he has a league, I'm sure he has a league pass, just turn on, uh, just turn on the Browns game, right? Wouldn't you be shocked? I if the love majority the idea of, of Kyle Shanahan. Like, fuck! Do you see the CBS game we got? This is bullshit, man. How am I supposed but to watch the Browns? But think about if think about guy. If you're him, <laughs> you, you might not realize till you get in that situation. Like, I don't have the ability to watch the Browns game, right? You're just at home. I like, why would you get it? You don't think there's some like deep, deep internal uh, access code for the 49ers? Uh, I think the league yeah, probably you, has an you'd access think. code. But <laughs> so let's assume he's just at home eating his, you know, Ike sandwich or whatever he's eating. Just watching the game, even if he just picks up two or three things that he just doesn't have to waste time on where he would in the office, so he's already kind of ahead. He's already ahead, and I'm sure that wouldn't you imagine that maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, both sides of the staff spent three or four hours just getting ahead on the Browns? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, that's you have an enormous advantage, guy. There, there's just no way around. And it. you're the home. You've team. been off, and they've been playing. And you're the home team. On top, and you're the home team. So yeah, I mean, we've seen Baker. He's he, he's come through on primetime games, and he had like Jimmy. This 
it's on now, buddy. Like you, you, you throw a pick. It's not just Haberman, Middlecoff, and Grant Cohen watching. Now, a lot of people around this area watch, but doing a 15 around here is different than the entire country watching you. And now you're you're leading off every national show. Cowards opening up about you if you shit the bed. Right or wrong, you just they get emphasized. And that's what's great about the sport. Three point favorites right now. Yeah, I just <laughs> I don't feel quite as good. I, I'll, I'll say this about the Browns, having watched them pretty closely the last two weeks. I guess three. Is that their defense underrated part about the team? And you saw it yesterday with the Ravens. They tackle really well. They they just they're a good open field tackling team. I, I've been impressed watching the Browns doing that. Like they tackle well. And you've seen a couple teams that the Niners took advantage of. The, the Bucks that first week weren't tackling that well. The Bengals didn't tackle that well at all. Uh, even the Steelers, they had some big runs where they didn't tackle as well. Now, granted, they got called back for penalties in all those games. The Browns do tackle well. And I, I just don't think Odell was not shut out yesterday because he definitely causes, you know, he creates double teams and he, you know, he opens stuff up for other places. I'm, I'm sure that all the Browns coaches or even Kyle, when those guys are diving into the film, they'd be like, well, you can't just box course out because the shit he's doing is just getting Jarvis is eaten, Chubb's eaten. They had this other tight end that was eaten. His name is Ricky Seals Jones, had a touchdown, had three catches for 82 yards. So I, I just don't know who covers Odell Beckham. Now, the counter is, well, the Niners' defensive line right now is elite, and that's the knock on the on the, uh, on the the Browns. So you go, if you want to hit Odell Beckham deep, that's usually five to seven-step drops. That's where that's why you paid D. Ford and you drafted Nick Bosa, and you spent a lot of draft capital slash money on both of them. Right. Time to eat. So it's, it's a, just an intriguing game for just interest of football, right? Just the different counters, the different strengths and weaknesses. Can, you know, this left tackle that played well against the Steelers. Well, he's got Miles Garrett, who last time I checked has six sacks on this young season. Like, that's welcome to, welcome to the, the big leagues, Rook. Fired up. It's just tough. I just, this is where the Browns winning makes it a game where both teams are viewed like they're playing well as opposed to if the Niners lose. And you're right. I mean, everything you said about their first quarter is correct, but I still think if they lose, it's going to feel like well, one hundred percent loss. It's it is. That's football. That's football. Yeah, that's football. It is. But, it, but to, it's to, also I also it'd be a double whammy. It'd be somewhat indicative. Like, are the Niners quite as good? And people start feeling sure. the Browns again. I also think early in the season when college football hits the ground running a little faster, just in terms of like we start eliminating teams from the championship. Yeah, because the games matter. I think we all have a college. I was thinking about this Sunday. Like I think we have like this college football mindset early in the year. It's like they're done. It's like, wow, did you see what the Bucks just did? I thought they were one of the worst teams in football. Yeah, everyone's like, Marone, he's crushed. Now Minshew is like, could they make the playoffs? It's not, it's, you're right, because you can't. Really, once you get to like three losses in the NFL, probably before, before like December, you have to view it like college. You're okay having a couple losses. You understand you can lose two games, you'd still go 14 and fucking two. You know? I think part of it is that the Niners just haven't won a game yet that we look at and was like, that's that proves everything we think, right? They just and, and the thing is, you can you can that. always play devil's advocate sure. on it all because let's say they beat the shit out of the Browns. When I say that, let's say they win by double digits, like 12, 13, 14 points, a couple touchdowns. 
you go, well, the Browns are just coming off a huge win on the road, had to travel across the country, Niners coming off a bye, it's understandable. Like You, you can always argue the other points. Besides like the Patriots and the Chiefs that you just go, yeah, those teams are incredible. You know, They win tight games, they win blowouts, they can do it all. We're still trying to figure out, when you say beside the Patriots and the Chiefs, we're still trying to figure out every team in the league. Those are the only two teams that like, you can't, they just are what they are, and we just know they're elite. And just to, they're going to have You're their saying off like days. of the good teams. I'm just saying of, yeah, uh, obviously we know certain teams are shitty. Right. But of like the, the next group of like 10, from the Cowboys through the Niners. Right. Like we thought we knew like the Colts the, and the Browns to the Eagles to the Packers to the Bears. We're trying to figure them all out. Yep. We're, we're like you said in college, it's kind of unfair, but you don't really get to figure them out. Because the overreaction to Harbaugh, what happens when the dust settles and Harbaugh's 10 and 2? Let's say he loses one more game, but somehow upsets Ohio State. Everyone would be like, well, it's a pretty good year. I mean, no, that's what Herbie said the other day. Maybe it was two weeks ago. No, no, I think it was this week. Then I think you got to be careful with just overreacting to college. Because, like, Utah is a good example. They had a rough loss, but are they going to end the season 11 1? Yeah, 10 and 2 with a bowl. Yeah, I don't know. They might. They're really good. But they, they go 10 and 2 the and they win really the Rose Bowl. Well. Everyone would be like, that's a hell of a season for well, Utah. Well, yeah, they've right? won the league for the first time ever. They've never, I don't think they've ever been to a Rose Bowl. That'd be incredible. Are they in the driver's seat to win the South? To win the South, yeah. Arizona State? Arizona State, yeah. They got a chance. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the, speaking of the, like the, the South, the division, let's talk about the NFC West. Cardinals, Seahawks, Rams. The Rams thing was a little eye-opening this weekend. It's still weird for me to watch an NFL game afternoon at the Coliseum. It just, it feels a little less, you know, abnormal, but still doesn't feel quite right. Is that fair? Yeah. Do you feel a little weird feeling when you just your eyes are hitting the screen? Yeah, I will say it feels abnormal, but I do like it. I, I that much. I, I, I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm no, not. I, I don't not. hate it or anything. Trying to think about it, I, it does feel weird. But part of it is it's different, and so I do enjoy it. It's like God, and it's they do have they do have some star power because their coach is super famous. I, I feel like the Rams are kind of resonating as this kind of famous squad down there mm-hmm. in front of fifteen million people. Mm-hmm. But they're still there's something a little off. Like they're not quite like the Showtime Lakers or something. Well, did you, <laughs> you see know, that? Like, uh, that uh, was Kawhi there. Kawhi got booed somewhere this weekend. Yeah, he, he was there and got booed. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ramona tweeted. There is nothing that like the movement on Twitter, and then in the real world, it's like, oh wait, no, it's the Lakers well, tr- town. Tr- yeah, Twitter just. The, Ramona had a good tweet too. She's like, the same thing used to happen with Lob City when Blake or Chris would throw out the first pitch at a Dodger game. This is shit doesn't change. Like this, certain towns are certain places, and I think what makes when you say California a little unique in in the Bay and in Southern California is there so like in the Bears, if. If Khalil Mack throws out a first pitch at a White Sox or a Cubs game, he's just getting cheered because those people are all Bears fans, right? Right? You know, if you're just in Philly and Bryce Harper shows up to an Eagles fan, they might be mad at Bryce, but you know, like well, typically they're gonna they're gonna applaud. Clay Thompson throws out a first pitch at a Giants game or an A's game. Yeah, he's getting universal treatment. Anyway, so what do you think of this division right now? Because, like I said, the Niners are the only unbeaten team in it. Albeit, well, you text they've only played three t- games. Yeah, you text me like that's why I don't put much stock in like the Niners are quote unquote in first yeah, place. Yeah, they they didn't play yesterday. It's, it's it just an oddity that is crazy to see it right now. But it is kind of shaping up. 
I think we can just bury one team. The Cardinals, who at least, I'll give them this, they are an interesting shitty team because the little midget runs around and he just does some shit. He's not, to me, they. I would fire the GM in Arizona. The, the coach is clearly over his head. His defensive coordinator stink, but he actually just does some NFL-level stuff. But they stick. So I think you just have the three-team, which, right, two of them are Seattle? Yeah, they lost to the Saints. So we've got two three-and-ones and a three-and-oh. Where you go the Niners, it's fair to say, even on this show, there's a lot of to be unknown. I, I don't. I think they should be in the playoffs. Like, now the pressure's on Kyle. I've said it from the jump. This is a playoff-level season for Kyle. Just time to prove that's what good coaches do. But there's still a lot of season left and a lot of good teams to play. But And we'll see. Like, Monday night, I'll learn a lot about the Niners. When I look at the Rams, you text me this yesterday. You're like, God, I thought the Rams' defense was better. And I kept getting texts from my, my guy, Scotty Raber. Shout out to taking me to the Cal game. Shout out, Scotty Raber. Like, Thanks for the invite. He also invited Haberman, but it was, it was a little too late. Uh, Larry, Larry, his dad, who's a season ticket holder, dropped out last night. He said he didn't want to get home at 2 in the morning. You know what? I've got nothing but love for them since uh, – I, wasn't I Larry at the Contra Costa Country Club? Yeah. Well, we might do it again. So, <laughs> you know, we might be listening. That you, you texted me, and he texted me, same thing. Like, what's up with Marcus Peters? Because Marcus Peters, on one play in the second half, Mike Evans, who I had him on my daily fantasy team, mm-hmm. for a quick second, it looked like he broke his finger or something. He left the game. Then he came back in, and he smoked him. Well, then what happens two series later? Because I said, well, the thing with Marcus is he's a boomer bust player. But he's like, the way I equated him to, and I, you know, the analytic people on baseball would be like, Middlecoff, it's okay to hit 220. Yeah, in my world, you hit 220, you're still a flawed player. You could, you hit 220, but you hit 45 to 50 jacks, we can live with it. What Marcus Peters do a couple plays later? He has a pick six. Yeah. He does. And got for annihilated a guy, on the goal line. Well, he got a concussion. <laughs> he... For a guy that gives up a ton of big plays. Did you see the Richard five Truman, team the five team trainers, aka his teammates, that just picked him up right away? Yeah, well they, in fairness, they didn't quite understand how I think how hard he got hit. He got <laughs> I mean, that was a crazy hit. But don't you think for a guy that consistently gets smoked every week, because Richard Sherman tweeted like you can't be flat footed or guess against Mike Evans. And that's true. But I'd say, Richard, the one thing this motherfucker always bounces back to do, because I'm not a big uh Marcus Peters guy. He makes plays, guy. Would you like, call him poor man, Asante Samuel? I think he makes more plays, In that way? man. But Asante because was always I, just like a risk taker, right? Yeah, but I... I Not a yeah. poor man, just Asante Samuel? Yeah, I'd say kind of similar. But I, I, I think Marcus causes more fumbles. Like he, I think he leads the league for corners and force fumbles. He, he has a pick like every other week. Now, he gives up touchdowns. But if you're going to give up touchdowns, you got to make plays, and he consistently makes plays. But to me, it's the other guys. Like, Taylor Rapp got injured in that game. They're depending a lot on him. Their yeah. linebackers kind of stink. Uh, Aqib Tlaib is still solid, but I, I think when you say his name, you're like, damn, they got Aqib Tlaib. Well, it's like, be like, damn, you got Chris Paul. Yeah, this isn't 2012. You know, it's 2019. It's fine. Their, their front's still solid, but they... Todd Gurley's kind of a shell of himself. They're a good team. And I, the coach is big time. They find ways to win. And I think at the end of the day, and this is what I kept saying about the Bucs, why I, I, I looked at the Niners game, that's fucking Bruce Arians' guy and his coordinator's Todd Bowles. I, I, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff, despite having, I think, 700 members on it, including four women and three kids, it's really good. <laughs> it, I, Arians wins. Like, Arians is... Now, I think Jameis, with that p- late pick, when they were up, I kind of flipped the game off 
because guy was 45-27. Yeah. And then I kind of flipped back on. It was 45-34. I know. And the Bucks, the Rams had the or the Bucks had the ball and he threw a pick six. I'm like, how'd this happen? Well, the same thing the Jags Broncos game was like a light version of that. Yeah, much lighter. Far less entertaining. <laughs> much lighter. Jared Goff's kind of getting shit on today. I actually watch him. I'm not that down on him. I know he, you know, he had a he had like a Hall of Fame fantasy day because he throws 500 yards, but he throw three picks. Yeah, I, and he did miss on a bad play to Cooks. They paid him a lot of money. I know. When, and, you get, and, when you get that much money, you get judged on the cash. No doubt, no doubt. I think he's fine. I think he will be fine. I think he'll be good. He'll be. They'll be okay. I just now. You know the real. He got outplayed by Jameis. But I mean, but it's just yeah. But at the, but that's that's high end Jameis. That's why you hire Bruce Arians. Um, yeah, doesn't mean. Would you say Jameis is high? Jameis is high on now. Even if you don't like Jameis, you have to admit that his high end is top ten quarterback when he's on. Like he can light you up for four or five touchdowns, yep. no problem. To me, the, and it, it can look like damn, Jameis is just flinging it. But isn't the wild card in the division? Maybe it's the Niners, but from the Niners' perspective, isn't it then the Seahawks? Like you, we came into the year thinking it's the Rams division. Who's going to finish second? Well, when I ask you, like I don't have a great feel for Thursday night. Do you? No, uh, no. Like, I, which o- is a good o- thing. Other which than, to me makes it makes the division pretty interesting. Yeah. Other than it's just you know divisional game. I don't know if that makes it. I'd love to see the numbers. What the road team does on Thursday night in divisional games. Versus just regular Thursday night football, but it's not ideal. You're saying a, you're saying you're saying if you could break it down, road division game Thursday night football. Yeah, like does does the percentage of road wins change? How about this one? Road division like the Rams are Thursday night football coming off a loss. Yeah, well, it, my look at the Eagles. Would you say? But are the Rams desperate? I know the loss sucks, but they are three and one. But, but what I just think is like, is a good team going to lose two games in the matter of five days? So, I mean, the Eagles almost did. It, it's hard. I know. It's, oh, when I you play know. good teams. It's just wait. Sunday, now, Monday, Seattle, Tuesday. When, yeah, five I, days. I, I do think you're at a little advantage when you're the home team Thursday night. This is really nuts and bolts. Home Thursday night team coming off a home game. Seattle right. did come off an afternoon road game, so the game ends at five. Shower, media. By the time they get to the plane, eight. What's a what's Arizona to Seattle flight? Two and a half hours. You know, so no, you're getting it's home further than that. It's probably four, yeah. It's pretty four long. And a half, five. Five hour flight? Maybe four and a half. Because like I'm just thinking. No, San I mean Francisco it's a, it's a five Phoenix. hour flight from San Francisco to Philly. Oh, Philly. I'm sorry. I thought you said Seattle to Phoenix. Seattle. Yeah, Seattle to Phoenix. Well, I'm just thinking Seattle, SFO to Phoenix is like two hours, and SFO to Seattle is two hours. Hour so. 45? Yeah. Yeah, so it's probably four so, hours. So it's it's actually longer than you think, huh, when you close your eyes. I, I would say it's probably three and a half. Okay, yeah. Four feels long. Speed it up. Yeah, Private jet. Yeah, so metal. You, you're just, you're not just getting to go back to your office right away. You know, you're hitting the plane. Now they probably work on the plane, but... I watched I watched the game this morning. Just Seattle, just kind of like glimpse in the back uh, on an iPad, and just I watched a little bit of it yesterday on the uh, Red Zone Channel. I mean, Russell's a star. It's just he's a superstar. Their defense is a little hit or miss, though. Their corners are not as good. Clowney had a pick six yesterday, mm-hmm. but he hasn't been Khalil Mack or anything. 
Now, I think Seattle would tell you, well, we just gave a third round. We didn't fucking pay him any money yet. We, they really haven't invested him. They just used him like a rental. And they didn't give up much. Would it be that crazy just to not pay him? Let him walk? Not at all. I, I don't think he's by any means a lock to get paid. Or maybe they go, well, what if he's not quite as good and we can get him for a little cheaper? Get him for like $45, $50 million and got this kind of free year out of him for a guy that we never would have been able to acquire on the open market probably because of the competition. Instead, we just traded a couple of role players and a third-round pick for him. Yeah. Now, Chris Carson got rolling. The one thing is like, I don't quite know the Rams' identity unless their identity is simply like they're going to have to outscore a lot of people because their defense isn't that good. You do When you think Seattle, like their identity has never changed. They're going to want to run Chris Carson down your throat. They're going to want to play defense, and they're going to want to just play in kind of ugly 27 to 20 games. They, they have no problem doing that. Right. Well, I don't think the Rams – the Rams like kind of want to play in that game yesterday. They're just used to being on the other end. Seattle hates that, right? They just know they're not really equipped for it either. I mean, their best wide receiver is tiny. I mean, he's five – Tyler Lockett, really good player, but he's just – they depend on him a lot. They depend on DK Metcalf. You know, he's been really good. I don't know much about this guy, but Will Disley, this tight end they have. Well, yeah, remember they took crushing. him in the second round, and everyone's like, what are you – what? They took Will Disley in the second round? I'm pretty sure he was a second round – oh, no, I'm thinking of the tight end. I'm thinking of Drew Sample. Sorry, where'd they take Will Disley? I'm thinking of the other Washington tight end who went to Cincinnati. He went in the second round. Disley Will, Dis- Will Disley is a fourth-round fourth pick. pick. Okay. The guy you're thinking of, Drew Sample. take him? Yeah, Drew Sample. So you're telling me the University of Washington had two tight ends drafted last year? Yeah. I guess this guy was drafted two years ago, but guy's a, guy's a pretty good player. I'm impressed with Will Disley. I didn't know much about him, but he's crushing. But I, I, I've been saying this all along from the beginning. Now it turns out I, I at one point in time thought nine and seven could win the NFC West. That's not going to happen. Probably going to take probably eleven wins. But I don't think either one of these, the Rams or Seattle, are just some 12-win juggernaut. Now, they might be like an ugly 11-win team. That's what Seattle, I mean, they're high, high end. They weren't ugly. They just dominated. This, if they got to 11 wins, it would just be in their own little style. The Rams' 11 wins would probably be like, well, they'd have some impressive wins and they'd have some eye-opening losses where they just get smoked because their defense on any given day can give up a lot of points. Yeah. Now, I, I think they would say, well, when we play the Niners, you think fucking Chris Godwin, who's the number two on on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, would be the clear number one. And they also have this guy named Mike Evans. And it was, it was cool yesterday to see Ronald Jones kind of get going to the Coliseum. That must have been a cool moment for him. <laughs> Wish Reggie Bush had come out of the back of the end zone and man-hugged him after that. Yeah, and Robert Woods. They're actually, that, that to me is kind of cool, seeing some of the SC guys play for I these agree. teams, playing at the Coliseum. I agree. But Ronald Jones has become a legitimate guy. Like, they have a lot of weapons. I, I, I would imagine the Rams would say, Kyle's a great schemer, but they don't have the weapons the Bucks have. See, this is where, like, you go back, what you said about the Niners in terms of winning quarters, I agree with. But it's like, these two teams are playing now. You haven't played either one of them yet. Now we or do. Arizona. You you haven't played any divisional teams. Well, but I would say like you do think Arizona at this point should be you should you should go if you're a good football team you should go two and zero against the Cardinals. Is there a chance that Arizona doesn't win a game, or you think that just Kyler can just win? Yeah, I, game think, I mean, it's so hard to not win a game. like just because we've seen look four weeks into the season how many teams have looked good one week and terrible another week. But there are a decent amount of winless squads right now. Well, that's the problem, right? Is you played the Ravens who just looked bad and you lost. You got your ass kicked by them, but it was a road game. 
and in theory, Kyler should get better as this year goes on. But he's not been terrible. Um, but like they're so their next four yeah, games. Yeah, starting to get a little more opponent. Like well, you can't just be like, well, we won the quarter, but we lost the yeah, Rams. Like well, I we just, won the quarter, but we lost to Seattle. I just I'm think with you. It's too competitive to miss opportunities. Like so, what if you should be? Let's just we'll take three and one. Well, yeah, now you're three and zero. Oh. Now the next four, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but I think it's Rams, Panthers, Redskins, and. Is it Cardinals? I think it might be Rams, Panthers, Redskins, Cardinals. The next four Pointed games up, for the 49 up right now. Well, that's another three and one opportunity. Well, that that would be my thing on going three and ones in the quarters. As long as you go three and ones in the quarters, even if a one loss is like on the road to the Rams or on the loss on the road to Seattle, you'll still end up probably four and two in the okay. division. As long as you sweep Arizona, split with them. To me, if if I tell you right now they sweep Arizona, which I don't think Kyle's beat the Cardinals yet. I know he beat lost to him twice last year. Like he's had some trouble against the Cardinals. Now it's new staff, new players and everything. Uh but if you go four and two in the division, if I told you right now, the Niners go four and two in the division, you would say, well then they'd be a lock ten win team, right? So they got the Browns, Monday night football, at Rams, at Redskins, versus Panthers, at Cardinals. So they got yeah, you're right. I mean if they if they beat the Browns, we start going could they be seven and one? Worst case, six and two, and then they get Seattle and Arizona at home. God, they get a stretch in November: Seattle at home, Cardinals at home, Packers at home. That's a pretty potentially lucrative uh, stretch of just potential wins. So that that's where the quarter BS goes out the window. You go, well, you beat this Browns team, you're in a great position to just have an incredibly fast start. No, you don't want to pick too early. <laughs> well, right now, based on what we think of teams in this second, if I said take the four segments of the season, what's the tougher one? The one you just listed? I, the toughest one right now looks like just the last one, right? Yeah, the second two halves are just harder. But who knows what Atlanta is by week 15. I mean, right now you wouldn't mind playing them. Or, or would you say Dan Quinn's the coach week 15? But do they have anyone left who's on their staff? Well, they first head coach guy. How about this little stat nugget? First head coach to fire all three coordinators and not lose his job. I, I forget who the coach was, but since 1989, so it's been 30 years since a head coach was able to allowed to fire all three of his coordinators and keep a job. Like that's when you say that's a pretty big red flag. Like that's not something. That's a long period of time mm-hmm. of a lot of fucking turnover, and no one's done that because typically. The owner knows, right? Because does the head coach want to fire all the coordinators, or is he being forced to fire maybe two of the three of them? It's uh, kind of it feels it feels over for Dan Quinn. Yeah, I, it, that one might have just run its course. Not to go on a Dan Quinn tirade, but do you think he's a hireable head coach, or you think he's got to become a coordinator again? No, I think he's a coordinator next. And John D. Filippo right. is the next coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Well, it shows you, guy. Uncle Rico. It shows you. You know, sometimes when you just, Mike Zimmer, maybe he's the old crotchety one. Maybe it's Kirk Cousins that's a little tough to be coached. Is that a fair one? Yeah. I'm not saying. How would, you, guy feel, how would you feel that Bill if you Walsh, just woke but, up with cutting that check, that game check? What do we that just one stinks. For? What is that game check? Well, you do the math. What does he get? Uh, <laughs> what's his number, like $28 million a year? Divide 16. So I'm pretty sure it's more than 
Last no, time gross. we did math, we didn't use a calculator, so it's a lot. I mean, it's not quite two million. You said twenty-eight. It's one point seven five. What are you checking over there? It's twenty-eight divided by six. No, I just I, I I shot Andy a text. I said the kid's got ice water in his veins. Yeah, and he just responded about twenty hours later. Yes, he does. Can we? By the way, just an aside, but that's a good that's a good little name drop right there. And Andy is your uh, is your uh, delivery guy? No, Andy Reid. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like that. He's safe to say he likes that. Patrick Mahomes. Right, so, what do you think? So Mahomes, <laughs> Mahomes is a great. This is a great example of like where, where I got annoyed with Twitter. Is like, look at him staring down the ref. What the fuck are you guys? Stop! Please stop. Are you talking about when he scrambled and looked back? Yes. What was? Uh, but I don't even really know what was he doing. So when I like saw what, it live, I thought he was just looking to see if someone was about to tackle him. I, but I, I don't even get. Even if he did look at the ref, like was he mad at the ref? No, or no, something? no. Twitter's point was people who actually were what what everyone what people think happens is he's checking for the flag to see if there's a flag. I'm not going to bother running. I've been running around back here. Sometimes there's a flag. Oh, you're saying if it, if you're going to call holding, I'll just hit the ground. Right. What am I wasting then, my time? Yes. For? But then there's this whole thing. It's like look at him st- before somebody came with that obvious explanation. There was a lot of like staring down the ref. Okay, this, uh, can we pat? Can I skip this, please? This part of Twitter, can we skip the part where he's staring down the ref? Well, here's the reality with a guy like Mahomes, and I think you've seen this with Curry the last couple of years. When you're so good, and you're just such a good guy, and he also, Andy also added, you would love him, John. Like they love the guy. Like how do you say your name? Because that's what a lot of people do. Like analysts are like, I talked to coach, and he said, John. Yeah, he said my name. All right, there you go. He did just put you, though, not Y-O-U. Oh, well, that's, so he's, he wouldn't you know, say. <laughs> he, when you talk to people there, and I think when you talk to people like with the Warriors about Steph, the, the, like, the thing that they're so in love with is like, I can't believe this guy's such a good guy. Like, we all aspire to have these great players, but a lot of times, like, God, you know, Rodgers, I bet everyone in Green Bay is like, yeah, he's incredible, but Jesus Christ, he wears us out. I remember talking to people with the Denver Broncos about Peyton Manning. I was fascinated by like, and they'd be like, you know what? We had to give him like seven extra quality control guys. He's always asking the the personnel staff for like extra stuff. Now, again, they liked him and he was worth every penny to them, but he, some great players, Kobe, they just wear others out. Now it's worth it. Like they, you win with that guy, but in a perfect world, you just get Steph or Mahomie and they are just, you just hug him every day when you see him. He's super happy. <laughs> he's just he's great. And it's like you go to the mat for him, right? Well, yeah, just, when we say generational, that's the guy you're talking about, right? The guy that Andy Reid he's probably I mean, he's probably had a lot, you know him. He's probably had a ton of players that he loved to coach, but would he trade? He coached Brett Favre, but he wasn't his head coach. Would he trade Patrick Mahomes for anybody in his whole career right now? <laughs> no. I mean, not just the player, but just the whole package. Just everything. There's not a ch- to me, it's the ultimate thing, too, if you're a coach. That's the question, John. If you said, Andy, you could trade Mahomes for Brett Favre in his prime right now, would you do it? Because he'd be a little harder to coach. Yeah, I think he'd probably go with Mahomes. I also think, if you said, Andy, you could do this. You could get Mahomes peak Philly or just have him in Kansas City. Like, I like Kansas City's way more chill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, a perf- it's a double whammy. I get to kick the shit out of everybody. I get Mahomey for the next 10-plus years, who's a generational player who I love as a person, and I get to be in somewhat smaller market where it's like, 
it's not just the the uh, you're putting me in the fire 24/7 365. Well, it's not, know? and it's like twice a year we're going we're playing Dallas, which is a zoo, and twice a year we're playing the Giants, which is a zoo, and twice a year we're playing Washington, which is a zoo. It's like my zoo is we get to be happy when the uh, you know. Well, now the other three know? the other three teams in your division are just a zoo. Individually. He did say they did ask him like after the game when they played Oakland, like, will you miss this place? He said, I won't. You'll never have to worry about sewage overflowing again. Yes. <laughs> All right, speaking of that division, though, from a 49ers perspective, the Broncos, have they lost eight games in a row? Yes, they're over their last eight, John. Um, they are finding new ways to not win games. It's really incredible because if you watch them for a second, you'd say, hey, this is not one of the five worst teams in the NFL if you watch just one of their games. Guy, they were up 17-3 in the first half, and I thought, like, God, the Jags were going to get blown out here. Well, they didn't. I don't know if you've checked the end of the game. The Jags won the game. Gardner. Uh, was that a basically a walk-off field goal? Was it a walk-off or just an almost walk-off? Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the game. It was a walk-off field goal. Okay, yeah. so that's another walk-off loss for the Broncos. That's two. Yeah. Um, so when that the, starts happening, the, the Bears one probably stung a little more the way it ended. This one was you left a buck thirty and they drove down the field. Yeah. It wasn't that crazy. Uh, if you're the 49ers, should you pick up the phone? You've done a deal with the Broncos before. You guys know each other. You know John Elway used to own car dealerships. John, end of the year, you start selling last year's stuff. Uh, is there a trade to be made with Denver and for who? Emmanuel Sanders, maybe Von Miller. Eh, you don't really need him. Chris Harris Jr. Maybe. What do you think? Do you have a hard time seeing Elway just do a fire sale? I like, feel like Elway goes down. That's not. It doesn't feel like it would be his style. If he does do a fire sale, it's almost like, John, you have to sell now. Because they do have some assets that would return some enormous amount of money relative to what draft capital is, right? They yeah. just, right before we started recording this, news came out Bradley Chubb tore his ACL. Right, that's worth mentioning. Th- that would be like the equivalent of next year. Nick Bosa tears easy. Like, that's a devastating blow. He's their, probably their second best player behind uh, Vaughn Miller. Would they trade Vaughn Miller? Would they trade Chris Harris? Like, Vaughn Miller kind of is the Broncos right now. He had a couple sacks yesterday. It was, like, I think his longest streak without a sack. I said, like, would someone trade a second for him? I wonder if some really good teams might trade a first. Uh, see, I like, let me ask you this. If you're Philadelphia, would you rather trade 1-1 for Vaughn Miller or 2-1s for Jalen Ramsey, knowing Jalen's only 24. Yeah, you just have a bigger need at corner. Like, to me, would the Broncos take the Patriots one for Von Miller? Yeah, I mean, that's another great example. I mean, But you just basically, like, are we giving Von Miller away for pick 30 to 32? That's what you are doing, right? Because they're – we know for a fact they're in the AFC Championship game. That's, the, that's literally eight straight years. So that's that pick is starting, and because their record is probably going to be better than the two teams in the NFC Championship game, even if the Chiefs were to beat them, that you'd go, that pick is still not 29, it's 30. So it's 31-30, it's 30-31-32. or 32. I think they would be interested. Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a guy that I think the Niners would be interested, but I think Chris Harris with a killer Weatherspoon, you got Adam Peters, used to be John Lynch's right-hand guy. The way Adam Peters met John Lynch is because John Elway had John Lynch come like uh, be an apprentice during a draft process, and he sat by Adam Peters is where their friendship started. So it's kind of intertwined. They do joint practices together. It's not like the Niners like, well, they just joint pra-. No, they've only joint practices since these guys have been here with this team. 
It's like their joint practice team, just the Broncos. Why? Because unless you're Belichick, where it just feels like he's open, he, he joint practice with like Alabama, they were willing. He does not care. He just wants access to get his guys reps and see your players. That's all he wants to do. Where most teams are like only doing joint practice with their buddies. Where Belichick's a little open-minded with that shit. He joint practice with every team up and down the eastern seaboard. <laughs> where the Niners, like, who do you think they'll joint practice with next year? Well, if Elway's still there, probably be another home-and-home. Home. Like, he'll come out here this time. Because they play every year in the preseason. That's the only thing the Niners are comfortable with. Like, Andy doesn't joint practice. So I, I think that adds to it. You know these players. Adam was around. I would say corner would be a must, much bigger need. Also, even if you go, not just for the short period of time while Akello's out, but what about, like, Chris Harris is a great nickel corner. So if we're, like, in our prime making a run, we got Akello Weatherspoon, Richard Sherman on the outside, and we got Chris Harris Jr. in the inside against who, who do you think you play? To, you know, to, obviously the Rams go three deep. The 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 Seattle goes three wide receiver sets now because they they drafted a wide receiver high. You got to cover guys like Disley, Chris Harris Jr. can do that, and then all the teams that you would potentially play. They play the Packers, teams you would play in the playoffs like the Eagles, uh, the Cowboys. So these teams can fucking spread you out a little bit, guy. I'm trying to think who's the NFC South, the Saints. You just need more cover guys. Would it be attractive? Now here's the question: Would you trade a first for? No. Would you trade a second for Chris Harris yes. Jr.? What well, I like you don't it, have you don't have one though. Is a problem because you that's Andy has your second. Because um, you got D Ford. Yeah, well uh the one because one thing I would like about that is in theory, that's a player that you would pursue in free agency. So you get him for a season that you think you need him anyway. And then, is he under contract? No, he's gonna be a free agent. So I would imagine his market would be pretty robust, wouldn't you, of just teams? When you look at it last year, how well, good, he traded. right, th- good teams want him, and good teams can't really tie themselves to a ton of money, probably. So last year, Golden Tate was a good example. The number one wide receiver on the open market. Multiple teams were at, after him. How he ended up giving a third-round pick. Wouldn't you say, in the NFL, that's about as high as you're going to get for a midseason trade? Like, that's pretty low. Whoa, they just gave a third-round pick for Golden Tate for half a season? When even they were kind of acknowledging he wasn't going to be back on the team. Uh-huh. The difference here would be a team like the Niners, the Colts. I'm just trying to throw some random teams out. Do have wiggle room where they could resign a guy like this. Yeah. Like how he was up against the cap, he wasn't going to be able to sign Golden Tate. And I don't even think he wanted to. It was it was much more... Pro- I, I wonder if he'd say, well, actually I became more... This was a trade. Like when I was there, I don't think we would have been as aggressive in that. I wonder if his year away when Chip shunned him and he started going to like the NBA teams or even baseball teams because that's that's a big time basketball and baseball move, right? A rental to mm-hmm. help you make a run. Like it's very definitely in baseball and how he's tied with a bunch of baseball GMs and how he thinks. Where, I, I get how he thinks he I can get my third back later if I want it, right? Well, if Chris Harris gets twenty five million guaranteed, you get a comp pick, right? So if you're a good team, that's the other thing. If you're a good team. You think the Patriots or the Eagles mind giving a third-round pick? They go, we're going to be deep in the playoffs. At least that's the mindset. I know the Eagles changed a little bit this year. But the Patriots, now the Patriots don't need them. I think the Patriots, though, if they got Vaughn Miller, we might as well just shut down. Emmanuel Sanders also a free agent. Vaughn is not, as you know. I think it's a – do you think it's tougher? 
the Broncos are Denver's team. Like they are, they're probably, I would imagine if you talk to someone in the media there, you put every other team combined, and the Nuggets are now good. The Rockies have had some success. I mean, they were in the playoffs last year. You could combine them, and they don't sniff the interest of the Broncos. Of this run, and Peyton Manning was the star, but Vaughn was homegrown, drafted number two overall. He was the Super Bowl MVP. Like, he is their superstar guy. He is their guy. It's it's a little more difficult parting with that, where, like, Chris is kind of their guy, too, but he was an undrafted yeah. free agent. I don't think you could trade Von Miller for a second-round pick. Do you think it's still, even if you have a two- or three-win season, tough trading Von Miller, or fans would yes. get it if you got a first-round pick? Yeah, fans would get it. But How many how many 12-year-olds own 58 jerseys? <laughs> like, uh, for pick 25? What does he mean in that community just the, to the kids, guys? Well, yeah, like, the other day, your business. it would have been the right thing to do for the Seattle Mariners from a business standpoint would have been to or at least from a player personnel standpoint would have been to trade Felix Fernandez but I don't know if you saw that place the other day his last appearance I, I, I teared up I it teared was incredible up. and I even saw I don't know um I'm not sure which major league reporter it was but it was one of the normal guys that's one of the guys you would trust was like hey I thought they should have traded him but you can't deny like from a business standpoint, every time he pitched, the Kings court, like, that was a thing there. Like, they made money because of that guy. And yeah. Vaughn does feel like he's in that same breath for the Broncos. I don't, like, I don't. He, I take, think he takes it, pride if, in being a Bronco. Like, yeah. it means something to him. If like, I that were that, and he's under contract. And he's still not, he's not a bad football player. He's a good football player. So, your next team might be able to use him. I just, I'd have a hard time trading Von Miller for anything less than, like, a top 10 pick. And I know no one would give me that. So, no. It is, though. I mean, having multiple firsts for a team that's kind of restarting is a powerful thing. And I think the Bill Walsh mindset would be, listen, this guy's been incredible. He's had eight or nine years as the best player in your franchise. But if you do have the chance to move like this opportunity might not be there in the offseason. You get it right now. It's there. Like you're getting some teams. Because wouldn't you say even the good teams – Desperate's the wrong word, but just more active when they go, we got a fucking chance. Like, what are the Packers like? You want our first? We're all, we're trying to win in the chip this year. You can just take advantage of teams that are just in the heat of the moment, where once you get to the combine, you're taking some deep breaths. It's like, yeah, we'll offer you two twos. You're like, eh. You can get right now. It's a, you got 20 minutes. It's a one or no Vaughn. Like, you might, I do think you'd probably be able to get a one. And you probably could argue that he's not worth a one when you factor in the money, his age, and just trajectory. Maybe he is, but it's great value. But like you said, at the end of the day, take a step back. You have the Broncos have to think about shit besides just the value of a trade. Like his value in that city to them making money is is quantifiable, and it equals a lot of money for them. But the other question is like, what's happening with that? Who is? Who's is John Elway making this decision? Is he gonna be the guy in charge in a year, less than a year? I don't know. You know, I mean, there's a lot going on there. Uh, it's hard to know what kind of what the kind of a big, are. big swing for Gruden and the Raiders. Like they might not be the shittiest team in the division. I mean, they beat them, and they're. Already, I mean, that right. doesn't it feel like they're kind of destined for last place. The Broncos. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's talk about would, that. It, would you put the over under on the Broncos wins right now? If I said three and a half, what would you take? I mean, at this rate, how are they going to get better? They're going to, they're going to, like, because Harris and Sanders are free agents, so you should trade both of them for 
whatever you can get. They're both really good players, so you should be able to get something for them, even though they have expiring contracts. I think that I think they'll trade those two guys. For so sure. how do you you know you're only going to get worse, and then at some point is Drew Locke coming back after six games or nine games or whatever? At some point you're going to play him, right? He's you not think. on season-ending IR. He was just on. He just yeah sprained his thumb or something. So at some point he's going to start playing. And you could say, well, more than likely he's going to be much worse. Than, for as bad as you think Flacco is, this guy's going to be worse. So, yeah, right? if you put three and a half I, at this rate, I'd have to say the under. Even though individual games, I'm like, how are they not going to win? But it just feels like they're snake bit. Well, it's getting worse. They, they'll, they'll be in a, they will win a couple games. Like when you go, will the Redskins win a game? Will the Dolphins? This team is just like, they're up in the third quarter. You're just bound to win that game eventually against somebody. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> this podcast... Brought to you in part by, and I know SeatGeek's working because you guys are tweeting photos at us all the time. I got a couple DMs over the weekend. SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app. Use the promo code HAM and get 10 bucks off your first purchase. Really simple. Think about this guy. We have a, if you live in the Bay Area and you like baseball, you got a Major League Baseball playoff game. Last time I checked, the Oakland Coliseum fits about, what, like 75,000 people? They open up Mount Davis for the Coliseum? <laughs> Did they do that before? Last so they've opened up game? like the upper level behind home plate that runs, you know, behind kind of the diamond. First do they usually tarp that? Yeah, that's tarp during the year. I think they're opening that up. I don't know if they're didn't opening Ca- Didn't Davis Cavill up. open that up a couple years ago? Mount Davis? No, the upper deck. Yeah, even pre-Cavill, they opened that up for their for their series against the Tigers in the ALDS. I, I mean, didn't he open that up during the regular season? I think he did. Like yes. Free tickets? Yeah, I think so. They did. It, they've done it a few times. Now Mount Davis, I'm not positive on. So you can get. So we got a ton of. Op, you and I were checking it. You can go to a baseball game. What do we have next Monday night? I don't know this thing called. We are just talking about it. Monday night football. If you live in LA, you got a ton of stuff going on. You got the Lakers and Clippers right around the corner. Also in the Bay, they got this thing called Chase Center. Who doesn't want to be there open at night at the Chase Center? Now it might cost you a pretty penny, but that's where promo code HAM comes in. You get yourself a little ten dollar discount, a little ten dollar haircut off that Chase Chase Center uh, well, ticket. I'll tell you this: so it does look like I'm just looking at tickets. Yeah, it looks like Mount Davis tickets are being sold, so it must be open. You can get in, John. You and I have sat up in the 300s, but like behind home plate at the Coliseum. You can get in for sixty-five bucks right now, so you get a couple of tickets, one thirty, ten bucks off. Well, didn't we go to an NLCS game at Oracle Park, yeah. AT and T Park at the time, and we sat in three hundred level, and it was awesome. You had a great view. Didn't we have four tickets? We gave two to listeners, and then the two of them were ours. I think. Yep. Someone Just bought man of the people. Yeah, Miss Men of the People here. So SeatGeek, it's such an easy app. Like I just said, I was just looking at the tickets on SeatGeek, and it's just big green dots. Sixty-five bucks right behind home plate. Uh, in you know the 300 section, but again, like you're in the building, it's going to be a fun night. So A's and Rays. Feel get it. Feel the feel the thunder. Feel the thunder. Charlie Morton on the bump. When you get Charlie Morton out there, you know. I, I love yesterday. It was like, uh, who's the Nationals manager? Dave uh, Charlie, Martinez. Uh, yeah, Dave Martinez. It was like Dave Martinez announces Max Scherzer will pitch the wild card game. I was like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> What's uh Phil Jackson announces? We're going to Michael Jordan. Like, yeah, we know. Max Scherzer, you guys paid him $300 million, and he's a badass. Like, you, everyone should be fired if Max Scherzer was not announced as a starter. I, they, but that was like a big announcement. I was watching like ESPN the other day, and I was like, this is no shit. <laughs> like, to me, whoever the A's announce is kind of a story. Like, I don't know. 
But like at, announcing Max Scherzer, like the Yankees have announced Aaron Judge will bat fourth the entire playoffs. Like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> we know. Uh, this podcast also brought to you by Untuck It. You know those traditional button-up shirts that look long and baggy? It's because they were never meant to be worn that way, untucked. But Untuck It shirts are specifically designed to be worn untucked. It is the original untucked shirt, a modern solution to an old problem with no tucking or tailoring required. Guy, I'm wearing one right now. You are. I put it on for untuckit.com, yes. promo code HAM, 20% off your first order. I have, I, I realize I checked my closet today because I've made multiple purchases in the last couple months. Several shirts. I have multiple collared shirts now. I love this stuff. I can't get enough of Untuck It because like you said, the key is, is the length. Anyone that knows has a button-up shirt knows that like you untuck it. Sometimes it feels like a dress. Great part about untuckit.com, promo code HAM, is it just fits perfectly. It's almost like a t-shirt, but it's a nice shirt and then you look good. Look good, feel good, play good, work good, make money good. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM, 20% off your first purchase. Go get it. You can even try it on in person at one of Untuckit's 50 stores. There's actually one in the city, San Francisco, or just go to Untuckit.com to get started. Even free shipping and free returns on all orders in the United States. You get 20% off your first order with the promo code HAM at checkout. That's Untuckit.com, promo code HAM. Mm -hmm. All right, did did you think when Vontez Perfect got ejected from the game on Sunday that he would be suspended for the season? That the later the Raiders would lose a team captain for the season, John? It was not even on my radar that he was going to get suspended for the year. I'll be honest. Well, at first they just because they, they just throw the fifteen yard penalty. It was like whoa, and then they show the replay. You're like, I'm pretty sure you get tossed out for that. Yeah, I was. I knew immediately and- he was getting tossed. But for a split second, it didn't look like they were going to review it. Well, they didn't so stop. You're yeah, like, I know. They lined up. And then they, they stopped the play. And once they stopped the play, I think the inti- even Raiders Twitter were like, uh, he's gone. I was a little floored. I think last night the news broke. Like, Vontez is going to get suspended for oh, this. Okay. You're like, and I think we're okay. A game. Uh, my overall takeaway, and Chris Long and Richard Sherman was – who was didn't have a, to do anything yesterday? It was just it was kind of fun watching his Twitter, just giving some takes. Richard has some takes. I mean, Richard's gonna be uh, when you say whenever he retires, a pretty uh, gonna have a lucrative free agent career for some media entities. Yeah. Uh, but he was just like him and Chris were saying that the overreaction on every hit is getting to be a little extreme, even on ones where guys lower their heads. A lot of them don't mean to do it because I think a good example was. The offensive lineman who took out Marcus Peters, he's not tough to tackle. He's just trying to take the guy he out. Wasn't he wasn't that even low, know really. He, yeah. He just elevated. I think with Vontez, you get a repeat offender. I get he lowered his helmet. I, I, I don't know, guy. I, do I think he's trying to hurt Jack Doyle? Jack Doyle said after the game, he didn't even think it was that big of a deal. I understand Jack's crazy because Jack was down. But he got up and he came back in the game. No, no, but I'm saying Jack was already – like it wasn't just helmet to helmet. It was Jack Doyle was down – well, I think anytime you look at something on slow motion, no. it looks 50 times worse. There's and no this question. one was bad because he took two steps, the guy's knees on the ground. I think it's really easy to to analyze something from far away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think we do it a lot like with police officers, for example. Like, this guy needs it. Like, I don't know. You're not in the situation. You're not a police officer. Like, it's a fucking, it's a tough job. And I think this is something similar. Like, things happen heat of the moment. Now, it's different. Like, people lose lives. This is, you know, People do get hurt, right? If you concuss some guy and misses a game, it does have, you know, uh, repercussions. But the year seems extreme. Now, 
when you put him, when you isolate him, just he's not some random player in a vacuum. He has a long, long history. He's been suspended before for dirty hits. So not just dirty hits, John. Head hunting, right? Head hunting. Like, but, but do you think this was head hunting or? I I don't know. I just know his track record says he's uh, somehow he's just accidentally hitting people. In you the agree? Head all it's the time. it's an extreme when you read. He's suspended for the year. This, we're not December 10th right now. This is September yeah, 30th. There's I, a my lot first of reaction left. was, this is insane. That was my first reaction, was this is ridiculous. Like, a game felt like, okay, fine. Wouldn't you said four would have been pretty big? Four would have been mad. It's, it's, the, it's the biggest suspension for an on-the-field mid-game. Like, I was thinking, actually, the some of those guys for uh, kill the head, the body will die. Got years, right? But that so was not an like, on-field action per se. That was the result of an investigation, right? Yeah, this it is was not the result a, of just a penalty. Yeah, a play. Like yeah. Vontez is doing this shit for free. It wasn't even a bounty on Jack Doyle. He's just out there. I know. He's been fined half a million dollars for illegal hits, John. And on top of that, so my first reaction was, "This is extreme." He got but the guy. He got tossed out of a game earlier this year. He got tossed out of the game. So that, like, then you read John Runyon's statement, and yes, there was an irony in John Runyon, who people called. Who t- somebody told a great John Runyon story like five years ago. Just about how dirty he was. But anyway. Well, guy, when I was in Philadelphia, I think he was like the mayor of Delaware. He then ran for Congress or something. I, it's so funny to me. I don't know that all these former players are running the NFL until you see a statement from one of them that it's like, Troy Vincent says replay. And like, what? Troy Vincent. Well, then rap sheet will be like, well, the, the forehead honchos met. Merton Hanks, Troy Vincent, John Runyon, and Terrell Owens. You're like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> Terrell Owens works for the league? <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Here's and, you know, but, it's, but it's never like you know. Dean Blandino sat down with Rogers. It's always like, you know, well, Eric Dickerson was meeting with uh, Walter Payton's cousin. You're like, what, are they just giving away these jobs? I will. So, I agree with you. It's easy to judge these things from far away in slow motion. But I think this applies to that too. Like, it's easy to say a season is too much. Not really understanding how, how many times is John Runyon? How many times is the NFL? If John Runyon just opens up the law, the, the Vontez perfect file, and it's like, all right, let's check in on how many times we've called Vontez about illegal hits. How many times can you find? We've already fined him five hundred thousand dollars, and he hasn't stopped. And this one was the guy was down on a knee. Like well, it's cr- insane. Well, so like, is we his got, career? We've got a billion. Is he going to play next year, guy? Is someone going to hire him? It's a great question. We got a billion dollar lawsuit right now as a league because of head injuries. We're just going to let this guy keep running around? How would you hire him next year when you know he's just one hit away from being his career over? It's not even worth well, it. Well, I right? know what you wouldn't do is make him your team captain. That's what I know you wouldn't do. I could have told you not to do that this year. That's well, really I, I what I think. Like, he's been is... actually a pretty good guy, though. Well, okay. Well, I'm just saying now you're, one of your team captains is gone for the year. Yeah, so I mean, who's gonna when the, when the captains all get together for the uh, leadership court? You know, you're missing the guy. I think the bigger problem here is the we've seen four games of the Raiders, a little bit bipolar. They've had two pretty impressive games where they just look good pretty much start to finish. Colts game, the most impressive start to finish oh, of yeah. all the four games. Bronco game though, you, they're high end, and that Bronco game I thought was a little higher. Like they kind of peaked on offense, where you're like, whoa. And then they've had the two games where they kind of got the brakes beaten off. You went well. That's going to happen to probably a 7-8 win team. The problem is, guy, two of their big offseason acquisitions, one, Vontez, is now gone for the season. He's their starting middle linebacker. But you know what, guy? They've already missed him for another game because he got tossed. So they, they, he only actually played two and a half of the four games that he was eligible to play. 
Antonio did not make it to week one. Now, he's off in his own little world fighting for $61 million. You fight that good fight, Antonio. If they just would have ended up, and I don't know exactly who these two players would have been. Let's say they would have got Quan Alexander. And let's say they would have found a way to get, just think of a wide receiver that changed teams this offseason who's just solid. Like traded for a Kenny Stills. I, you know, there's just random names out there. A Deshaun to Deshaun Jackson. Just something. Just a guy that could actually play some snaps. You might have something, right? Just to be where, God, this team could win well, seven, eight games. Look, but if, now you got two pretty big holes. If you told me they had just been trying to rebuild, and the irony is, again, Vontez, for a lot of reasons, you'd want him to be the linebacker on your team that's rebuilding. Clearly he had, right, like in, in many ways. But at the end of the day, he was still the guy who had this track record that was going to get him suspended for a year, it turns out. I wonder if they even knew that he was, was like, did the Raiders know, you know, a year-long suspension could be in the cards if he does something crazy. When I say crazy, I just mean if he's if he's a repeat offender this year, do they have any inkling that if this guy did what he has historically habitually done, it would cost him a year and not like because maybe their conversation was like, well, look, we'll just count on thirteen games from Vontez because he'll get suspended for a couple games, but whatever, we're good with that. You know what I mean? Because I uh, honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't think a year long suspension was in the cards, and I expected him to have one of these this year or two. Well, or three. Um, when did they sign Vontez Burfitt? That's, to me, part of it. Because I don't think many teams were signing him. Let well, me double-check so You looked that date. up, and, and I'll make the point here. If they had just done a, hey, re- we're doing a rebuild, we got Darren Waller, we got, like, the Trevor Davis thing hit, obviously. Um, like, they could still be 2-2 two and two with those guys without the A-B headache, without Vontez getting suspended for the year. And you'd go, God, they're – Darren Waller's a find and a develop. Trevor Davis was a find and an immediate impact. That play they ran for him for the touchdown was fantastic. No, he he hauls ass, doesn't he? They they signed him a couple weeks in the free agency. Okay. But to me, the number, whatever he got paid, tells you more necessarily about the date they gave him. Do you know how much money they guaranteed, Vontez? Two and a half? $300,000. Okay, yeah. So, fine. so that shows you that his market because at the end of the day, players supply and demand and there are not many good players hit free agency in a year where there was historic amount of money guy. There was over, I think like $3 billion in cap space. He got $300,000 guaranteed. So I think it's fair to say the entire league knew that he was a major wild card. One, I just think as a guy, even though for the most part, it doesn't feel like, the person Vontez hasn't been that big of an issue. Like I don't remember in DUIs or John. Was he, he was the one of, that said the AB thing was crazy. That what was crazy? Well, wasn't wasn't his quote? Wasn't it like, man, this is? Didn't he have a quote after the? Was it the Antonio Brown or was it an on field fight? I'm trying to remember what his thing was. Remember we were laughing like, man, when Vontez says this is a crazy situation, it's a crazy situation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What was yeah. that? Was that AB? You're, yeah, I think after he was cut or whatever, he might have given a statement. Yeah, or maybe it was during camp. Like this is wild. The Mayock. Yeah, thing, he maybe. he had a he had a crazy ass quote. But my my point is, I don't think I don't remember him like DUIs or drugs no, no. or I, the quote. I remember thinking was normal. Well, no, no, one hundred percent. I'm saying like that. That's what that's proving my point here. I think yeah. he's a fucking relatively normal guy. Like in terms of, I think they named him team captain because they generally liked him. I think he's got a little Alden going. Where when he's in the building, he's fine. Now, the difference, Alden had substances. This guy's downfall is just these dirty hits that he's relentless with them. Like, even Sue has clearly kind of pulled back. 
because he was on that trajectory for a while. Like, God, he's always well, he's, he's always scraping people with his cleats, and he's always stomping on people's legs. And he kind of backed off a little bit because it's like, bro, you keep doing this, you're gonna miss a ton of games. Maybe, maybe Sue realized like this costs me money. This costs Fontes. I saw our buddy Tannenbaum tweeted nine hundred thousand dollars is what it's gonna cost him because it's not suspended with pay. This is suspended no pay. <laughs> so. uh they had to know, and, and they, they invested in two guys that are not reliable. One, because Antonio's nuts, and this guy, so your reliability can be based on, you can be a drug addict, you can be injury prone, you can be Mr. Penalties. Like it's, there are a lot of variables here, and his just happened to be he gets nonstop penalties, guy. Nonstop. I mean, penalties, and not, not like, you know what? Like sometimes I remember free agent discussions. This guy draws a lot of PIs. You'd be like, oh, that's something to keep an eye on, right? This guy's penalties are unsportsmanlike conducts head-to-heads. <laughs> they get him ejected from the game and suspended, it turns out. For the year. <laughs> For the year. I, I'm still stunned My, my it, overall but... takeaway is this is a pretty wild story. Like I, yeah. I, I'm i not shocked that often. I was somewhat shocked. I don't know. I was shocked. If you were. Yes, I was shocked, John. But I also take a step back and say I get it after I think about it, and I wonder, was there a conversation that was, hey, man, Another one, just so you know, like you're at risk of being suspended for the year if you keep this up. Did they tell him that? At some they, point, they have another? to. They have to. They had. They had to have. You would. I, you, you would think. Because he, guy, he's met with Roger Goodell over these hits countless times. Now he's going to appeal it. But I hope his appeal is just like a bunch of John Runyon plays. Like, are you kidding me? Would Would you be mad though if someone you thought was being kind of hypocritical was like judging you that was a king pretty dirty player? I mean, yeah, I guess I could be mad, but at the end of the day, like John Runyon doesn't play in the NFL in 2019, and these are the rules. So whether it's John Runyon or somebody else, but yes, I would say to him, would the, here's a better question: Is what Vontez did to Doyle a penalty 15 years ago? Uh, probably not. Right? Is probably it? not. No. Ten years ago, John, look, John Runyon being the guy that hands out punishments for dirty hits is like when Leonardo DiCaprio starts working in. Uh, does he start working for the feds and like catch me if you can? Uh, I, I thought I he became he like a federal. Uh, eventually, didn't he start working for the feds? And catch me if you can with Tom Hanks. Yeah, maybe he did. Yeah, or is that Matt Damon in another movie? Well, that probably happens in a few movies. Well, I think it's in the. Have you seen the Informant? <laughs> yes. <laughs> But but was he doing illegal activity to begin with in the informant? Yeah, he was he was informing him so he could do illegal activity. It oh, was like okay. a double whammy, I think. Also, same as the Tom Cruise movie where he starts flying for the drug lords. Anyway, because Leo did work for the feds, legit. He was a cop in The Departed. That's right, from the beginning. Yeah, where Damon was the double agent. Right, Damon was the dirty cop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. By the way, just before we move on, the Vontes thing became the story. I thought as we watched that game, the real story was just going to be that, like you said, the Raiders played a really good football game. From They came down, they marched down the field, scored a touchdown, have the creative play with Trevor Davis. They just brought this guy in. They run some Chris Peterson, Kellen Moore play for a touchdown. Guy doesn't get touched. Derek Carr looks good. Defense holds up. Colts kept thinking we're going to make a run. Pick six. Like that pick six at the end was – I mean, Jacoby, icing on the cake. Oh, I mean, it, it was just a really good game. For, I, I was just sitting on the couch thinking, if this is what the Raiders look like every week, I'd have a lot of fun. Well, I And mean, it was kind of a desperate game for them. Like, we'd put dirt on them, but 
if you're them, you can talk yourself into it. We got big games in front of us now. I, my, my main takeaway guy was just like they kicked the shit out of them. I, I thought it was just start to finish, just outplayed them. They felt like the one touchdown toward the end on the quick out route to whoever was kind of hollow. Uh, like you said, that that pick six kind of buried them. I thought the Raiders' defense was awesome. Now, the Colts were missing T.Y., Darius Leonard. They, they were missing a bunch of players, but they're at home. It almost felt like the Colts, you know, it was early, but the Raiders looked so terrible the last couple weeks. Didn't take them as seriously. And sometimes it's one thing to just overlook a team. But you can overlook a team, and when you find yourself down 14 nothing, I think everyone on the sideline like looks around like, we got to pick it up, and they could never figure it out. Yeah. Right? I kept they, thinking they'd make that run, and they didn't. I, I think everyone watching it, even Raiders fans, were like, well, they're going to realize and get it going. And, you know, Jacoby's solid. Like, his, you just look at his stat line. Like, he was 24-46 for 270 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. But the pick ended the game. They also, as someone that had Marlon Mack in fantasy – He's been a big part of what they do. Like, they do run the ball a lot. You know, they are not just some – they're not trying to throw for 350 yards a game, especially without T.Y. They need to establish the run. And when they couldn't get Mack going, the Colts' offensive line, and Rich said this a couple times, is the best in the league, you know, arguably, depending on what metric you use. But just eye test and study test, they're a top two or three offensive line. They kind of got worked. Like, they were getting tossed around by I think most people would acknowledge the Raiders – Defensive line isn't that good. What did you did you hear? I, I tweeted this yesterday. There was a play. Yeah, it was the, it was the Chiefs game that Kirion Johnson, who I needed to score ahead of him in daily fantasy, too, fumbles on the goal line, and the Chiefs pick it up because I think the Lions think it's all down. They thought his knee was down or whatever. The guy picks it up, runs it back for a touchdown. Okay, it was. It was 13 to 13 at the time, so the Chiefs go up 20 to 3. And they did like an in game break for the Raiders. Like, let's shoot to the Chiefs game and just see what just happened. They come back, and Rich goes, Kevin, you know what an offensive line coach told me one time? And Kevin goes, What? And he says, It's better to die a baby than have a goal line fumble. And Kevin Harlan, his response was, Wow. He was a speechless guy. Now, I, I give Rich credit. If you're going to say something that would, in the PC culture, even, listen, I'm offended by nothing. I was like, whoa. He did preface. He didn't say it was his thought. It was an O-line coach, and he was smart. He didn't name the guy. But it was like, oh, football guy talk. But, oh, God damn. That's pretty bold. It's better to die a baby than to have a goal line fumble. And, I, I, you know, the point he's trying to make, goal line fumbles are terrible, right? Especially when they lead to six the other way. Right. Can you say that? What would If Haberman had been making his NFL debut and Rich Gannon would have been sitting next to him and Rich Gannon had said that, what would your response have been? Because Kevin Harlan, what, the guy that's probably the best in the business right now, speechless guy. Right. Speechless. Well, it's one of those, even if you have a thought, if, if Rich Gannon says that to you while you two are sitting at the bar drinking beers, you probably have a response. Yeah, like who was a coach? Crazy ass, huh? Right, but right there on air, there's nothing, you, there's nothing you could say. You you look at Rich and you go, "Hey, man, your career." <laughs> even though it's not suspendable, you probably don't even have to apologize for it. You said this is what a coach said. You didn't cause, uh, yeah. right? I mean, it's like, but yeah, I I think you go, "Wow, third and three here." That's that's what you do. 
Yeah. That is what you do. And then during the yeah. break, you go, who? Sorry I had to leave you at the drive, but that was on you, dude. That can you say that in 2019? Yeah. I mean, has he been suspended? I think you can well, say No, that. he's not going to get touched. I mean, he's Rich Cannon. He's fine. Would, could you or I say that? Probably not. But again, like, I, I, I do justify it on his side. He prefaced it wasn't his thought. Like, he didn't make no, this up. It's, it's, He's just saying it was something so bold that it stuck with him all these years later. Yeah. And it's understandable. And I think it shows, like, in a football meeting room, they take ball security very, very seriously. Right. You can't raise your hand in the meeting like, Coach, I just yeah. lost an infant. <laughs> Especially in the red zone. Yeah, that would not – maybe you could say that. If you're a coach and you say that in a room where a guy just lost an infant, that's called not knowing your team. Well, yeah, that, that, would, that would be on the coach. I don't think you would say it in a situation where where a player had just lost an infant. It's just there's a lot of things that just get said in a locker room or in football that or just any. Just there are a lot of there. offensive things that coaches say that because what if okay what if I'm you know John Middlecoff backup right guard what if I didn't lose an infant but my brother just did or my cousin just did like what if it's like near and dear to my heart right that's yeah. things you can't even account for no it's. It's insensitive, to say the least. But I think the underrated part about football talk is the analogies that are made on just red zone turnovers or on running the ball late in the game when you have a lead, on being good situational defensive team. Like right. The things that they bring in are just jaw-droppingly like, what the fuck did that guy just say? Right. I think that happens so much. Like Rich Gannon would probably be like, I have 50 of these. <laughs> You, you want to hear about like uh, first half turnovers and you not want to hear and, about and, and not playing well in the kicking game. Yeah. Like, what do you, <laughs> and ninety percent of them are from O line coaches. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because what it, exactly? So what were we going to talk impressive about? Win, impressive win by the Raiders. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, and Derek. I mean, I think a part of this is about Derek, right? Like we talked last week. Who's more likely to go to the playoffs within the next five years? Derek Carr, or John Gruden. I'd say, and I'd say impressive by Gruden too. Offensively, yeah. they got, they got, got you know, they just found they Trevor Davis. They got him off the scrap. Well, now they traded for him. Plugged him. I in. say I'm giving Mayock the credit on that one. Good find. Plugged him in and it produced. It hit twice. Well, Jacobs a good player. Like I, I'll Terrell, give the Raiders Terrell. I'll, I'll give Gruden credit on this Williams. one. Yeah, Tyrell Williams really good signing. Like Gruden deserves credit on Tyrell Williams, good player. And he would be really good if they just had another wide receiver for him to play with. They don't have another wide receiver. Their other wide receiver is this recovering addict who's been probably their best find that no one in the league would have touched. Is Darren Waller their, you know, just most impressive option? Like, the guy's a good player. I I had Eric Ebron in Daily Fantasy yesterday. The guy had three drops in the first half. Mm, it's like, hurt. Eric, you're going to throw your fucking helmet over there? Can you just catch the ball? For the, I mean, just catch the gosh darn football? Now, his knock is, why did the Colts have him? Because he led the league in drops for like four straight years with the Lions. That was bad. That was really bad yesterday. Yeah. But, I mean, Terrell Williams dropped a touchdown. Like, drops happen. That's the thing. Derek had two touchdowns. Should have had three. That's the thing about Derek. What that I think was is so nice frustrating. Pass. Hit him right kind of a little behind, but make sure yeah, the, the corner couldn't get or safety couldn't get it. You're, you're talking about the touchdown pass or the one the he drop, dropped? The drop. Yeah, it, it really was. I think that's why Derek's so frustrating for fans is he's just an inconsistent player, and the reality is right. Probably the majority of players in the NFL, even good ones, are kind of inconsistent. It's really hard. But if he was consistent, they could beat a lot of teams. You know, because most teams aren't the Chiefs. 
you're going to get a lot of Colts. You know, 8 to 11 win teams that if you catch them on the right day, you can beat them. And when you have a quarterback as good as Derek, who can play as well as him, I mean, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. I'd say one big key guy is, and this is probably what Gruden's harping on, if we don't turn the ball over, Derek, if you don't throw picks, we're going to be in these games. Because you're good enough, you can score. Well, John, get, don't don't turn the ball over. Guess how many picks he has in losses this year? Three. How many picks he has in wins this year? Zero. How many sacks he has in losses this year? Seven. How many sacks he has in wins this year? One. Wouldn't you say one big difference for Derek, and this is always somewhat of a knock recently, is or since the injuries? Because before, remember, his stats were like when he was healthy and he was confident, he had a bunch of come-from-behind wins. Like I wouldn't call the Raiders like a front-running team. They're a little front-running in the sense that when they're winning, because they're not a great team, so when you're winning, you feel it. When they're down, like their their entire success is just get an early lead, and then just kind of you know because they do they are able to score on that first drive, and there's a big difference for them between a touchdown and a field. They get a touchdown on that first drive, and then you get a, you get some momentum, they can hang. But when they get down like fourteen to nothing, like they did in the Vikings game, it's like yeah, they just they got no chance. Derek's a good quarterback when you got the lead. Yeah. I would imagine the stats would say most quarterbacks are. Yeah. Because you're going to run, because in theory, you're running the ball some. Yeah, it feels like. You're behind, you got to throw the ball. Everyone knows it. They had 188 yards rushing, but, you know, 60 yards was on the end around. Is there anything, is there any bigger difference in a football play than an end around that gets stuffed out and goes for a negative seven and one that hits that goes, is that the sweetest play I saw today? Did you see the trick play end around that the Washington Huskies tried to run to put the USC Trojans away? Uh, yes, I did. It was a disaster. But did you see the trick play that the Browns ran yesterday that Nick Chubb, they're in the gun. Okay. Uh, they're in the gun. And... Uh, and where is okay? They're in the gun. Odell Beckham is in the slot, so it's it's gun, it's slot left. Uh, I don't know what they would call it. the running backs to his left. He fakes the 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 those like you know the RPO to Nick Chubb. Nick right. Chubb runs toward the line. Then Odell Beckham, or no, excuse me, Jarvis Landry comes. Mm-hmm. He on like an end around. He hands it to Jarvis Landry. Odell Beckham waits for Jarvis Landry to pass him, gets to his left. So they're those two are running the option. Right. And now they're they're humming down the field, and Jarvis makes a guy miss. Fake laterals, you know, 10 yards down the field, because you can ladder it. Odell's got perfect, uh, you know, distance between the two of them and has like 30 yards. It was a sweet play. Like, damn, Freddie, been in the lab. They did the Odell pass yesterday too, right? They The Odell pass... Well, it almost looked like Odell was going to get sacked for like 10-yard loss. Yeah. Did like a duck up and under. They both take out each other, and he still gets the ball off, guy. Steps into a like a – he threw it. He chucked it down the field. Incomplete. But I don't know. Did you see Stanford ran a pat, uh, like a reverse flip to the tight end who then throws it to the quarterback in the end zone, but the quarterback was double covered and still went up that. and made the play? That's pretty sweet. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I love a good Browns. Okay, so the Niners got to get ready for Browns tricks plays. What did you think about the pass to I Amari like, Cooper in quadruple coverage? I thought they had to do it. I mean, uh, Amari got his hands on it, just got knocked away. Like, Al's like, I've seen double coverage. I've even seen triple coverage. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen quadruple coverage. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. Uh, all right, other NFL headlines, other things going on around the league. 
the Minshew thing's becoming a little more real now, right? Yeah, He's rattled I mean, off two wins, and and again, it's if like we both watched the game because we were lucky enough to have Broncos Jags here in the Bay Area. It's <laughs> one way to put it, and even uh, though it was it was a fun second half. Yeah, it was a fun second half, but um, he's in the category of like he's not winning them games, but he is just he is just big time moment is making the plays. He makes right? some winning plays. He makes winning plays. He's a really fun player. There's just no way around it. When you think about it, he's he's been the starting quarterback now for two straight wins. Think about their f- second game. He led them on a game winning drive, and they went for two, and they didn't get it. But like, so they they got to be thinking this guy. We have been in position to win, and we've won two of them for three straight games. You text me like early on. You're like, God, I didn't know Jalen Ramsey wasn't playing. I didn't really either. And then I saw on Twitter like, because someone had tweeted a couple days ago like he's still going to play in the game, even though there were rumors like Friday he was going to be an inactive. I wonder if they just didn't want to risk it. I, I because there were moments in that game where, and this probably speaks to. Were the Broncos really kind of kicking their ass, or were they just missing their corner? Their backup corner was covering Emmanuel Sanders, and they were just forcing Emmanuel the bar. Hey, this guy, number thirty. Whenever I see number thirty-seven, your starting corner, I'm like, oh, you had to play a backup. And Jalen's on the you know on the sideline. Like Emmanuel was working their backup corner, which was a huge kind of wild card in the game. That if Jalen was there, do they get some of their big time drives with Emmanuel Sanders catching multiple passes a drive? A little harder. Yeah. I, I'm telling you guys, I keep an eye on the Jags. I kind of like the Jags and the Bucks. I think, are kind of on the come. How about, uh, you know, we kind of dismissed the Lions as an unbeaten team because they hadn't been really impressive, but almost took the Chiefs down. They were taking them down all game long, kind of kicking their ass. They, yeah, they were playing from in front, right? Took the lead, and then Mahomes took them on a basically like a two-minute drive to win the game. So what was where- the deal? Everyone was mad at Patricia for using his timeouts on defense? On the goal so, line? So, they get to Mahomes on like a fourth and nine midfield, gets it. Running. They somehow get down. He to runs like for fu- it. Runs for it. And then the next pass, he hits a big pass play. So, they get like down to the 10-yard line. Then they get a play down to the five-yard line, which is a first down. With 30 seconds left. But Andy only has one timeout. And a, a field goal ties the game. They're down three. Touchdown, they go up four. So, a field goal ties the game. Well, if you start calling, he's going to need that timeout to yeah. ensure that if Mahomes gets sacked or something, he can get his field goal unit. So he's not going to use it right away. It's not. It's too risky. Because the worst case scenario, he just ties the game on the road, right? Patricia, his defense was gassed. Start called a timeout on first down, right? Like right when Mahomes hit it. Mm-hmm. So it let Andy kind of take a deep breath. And then worst case, he knows, well, I can run it on this play because we can just have two plays called in the huddle. Well, then he runs it, guy. They stuff him. You know, he gets like two yards. They get to the three. Patricia calls another timeout with like 26 seconds left. Andy only has one timeout down three where he is going to have to use it for his field goal kicker. He has to keep it in his back pocket, right? So it was kind of like the – I was listening to a little bit at the gym this morning, Bill Simmons. Yeah. He's like, Patricia, you saw your goat. You apprentice for the man that proved – the time's kind of on your side. They're a little discombobulated. They're going to have to, and even if You're they do run the one Super play, Bowl against the I'm talking about the Super Bowl. So let's say Andy does run on first down. Well, still, it's going to be 10 seconds for the guy to get up. They're going to have two plays called in the huddle. They're going to take an end. You're kind of still in the advantage. Don't don't use the timeouts. And also, I just think you have to we're, go all in the there. Chiefs, trying to. 
I was not watching it live. Did it feel like the Chiefs were discombobulated? Because the story with the Patriots not using their timeouts in the Super Bowl was always that Bill was watching their sideline and felt like they were a little discombobulated. It wasn't about as much discombobulated. Yeah, it was just, it was just a late-game situation, yeah. a lot going on. I, I think it was less about, like, Bill legitimately looked over there, everyone was freaking out. This one, I think, everything's happening so fast, and they only had the one timeout. So, to me, it was just more about it limited their options. They were only going to be able to run it once, but when you call two timeouts, he was able to run it both times because they got time to like kind of huddle up with Andy and him go, here's our two plays. So, if we do run it, immediately get to the line they either have something you know spike it do whatever but we're in control to me he just Patricia was in control and I think Patricia would say our defense was gassed which I say okay fair but you do still have somewhat of an advantage where they are if they had two timeouts then I would get it like Andy could call timeouts you call timeouts whatever you had all three he had one you allow them to run it, and they ran it twice. And they didn't get it the first time. Patricia, another timeout. Runs it the second time, scores. It's like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, it's like the light version of, of letting them score, right? If, you, if you're calling the timeouts, it's because you think they're going to score a touchdown. So you could argue just let them score the touchdown. You keep the timeouts, and there's more time on the clock. To me, if he's throwing it, like if he threw it both times when you call timeouts, it'd be like, yeah, you probably were going to get beat anyway. But he just ran like a basic just You changed the RPO play calls because just... they realize you're going to give us another one. 100%. So even Could, Andy – Couldn't I argue, John, morning. what I just said, though, that if you're going to do the timeout thing, you're better off letting them score the touchdown and you keep the timeouts. On the first try. On the first try, let them score. Because you're using the timeouts because you think they're going to score a touchdown. I you wouldn't do the timeouts – would you do the timeouts? Admi- I doubt he admitted that, but yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I get, you could argue they're doing the timeouts because they're going to tie the game and then we're going to get a shot. But but, that, but that's back to the Super Bowl. It's been proven in this situation that like it's just a lot going on for any team, even the best teams. Like Pat might try to force something. They're gonna. Right. You only have so many options. You know, even if your D line's a little exhausted, because I I think his counter would even be before that it was we're going to let him score. It was more my guys were gassed. Like, we were shot. They, they couldn't breathe. Yeah, which matters. That's legit. But don't you think, like, at that point in time, where you like, just suck it up for two fucking plays? Yeah. It's a tough way to lose. When you were in control the entire game, and he basically just leads you on the game-winning drive. And, and you, it's one thing, you lose to him. Like, you lose to Michael Jordan or Steph Curry. Remember Steph hit the shot against Oka? You tip your hat. To me, you lose with aiding them. That one's hard to stomach to me. Like if I'm Matt Stafford, I'm like, why do we use a timeout? Now, they still had one left, and they got to midfield, and they had a pretty good Hail Mary shot. But that's more just because their quarterback's arm is, you can throw it from like 800 yards. What would you think of uh, Saints-Cowboys Sunday night football? I love that game. I don't need the Saints to score a touchdown. That game was awesome. Same. If they had Breeze, I mean, that defense is really good. I thought Amari, I thought Amari, you know, I mean, it's just physical guys get into him a little bit. Now he got called on a couple questionable PI calls. I, th- I thought it was just an intense, high-level, star-studded game. I'm getting texts from my buddies in the NFL like, this game's pretty intense. I'm like, fuck yeah, it is. Just feels big. Kamara's sweet. Zeke's sweet. Dak's sweet. Teddy's a backup now, but he's still famous sweet. You know, I mean, Sean Payton. It's just, you see the video clip of Jerry. The night before, wasted, stumbling across Bourbon Street. No, just from yeah, a, 
Yeah, just they, he was just walking down Bourbon Street like Saturday night, midnight, and then the cowboy fans everywhere chanting Jerry, Jerry, and he's kind of stumbling. I mean, it's just you can't make the shit up. The game was awesome. I gotta just, find it here real quick. More people care about football in Louisiana. I think that's just that's just what we've learned, you know, over the years. LSU football, Saints football, just mean more. Can I argue watching the Cowboys though that just to make Amari as valuable as he can be, they just they need to find another they need another receiver or tight he's, end. Just you know what he is, catcher. guy. At the end of the day, he's a he's an elite number two. I think that's what he is. Is is he a number one? Do, do, like a game like last night has to have Jerry thinking like, is he worth you know twenty million dollars if we're gonna pay Dak all this money? Though we need him for Dak. Like Amari, couldn't we pay you like fifteen? But yeah, that's just I just the nature I, of the beast. I just look at him and think, okay, who else is catching passes for them? Jason Witten? Well, get Gallup's hurt. Randall Cobb? Yeah, get Gallup's hurt. To oh, me, Gallup yeah. is a legitimate guy. Witten had a bad, bad fumble. Yeah, he had a nice catch late, though. He's still a serviceable player, and the Blake Jarwin's not bad. Like, who would you rather have right now for the next five years? Amari Cooper or Michael Thomas? Um, Michael Thomas. Well, that's that's the thing. I think you shake your head because you're like, God, Amar, you're so much. You're not. You're just so much faster than him. But that guy, I can just go to war with Michael Thomas. <laughs> like I can just send guys at him, and he'll just bounce off. He'll make contested catches, and that's the, to me the difference of why you feel good about paying Michael Thomas. Like you feel good about paying Amari, but you're, there's still going to be some matchups where you're like, Ugh. I know no matter what, Michael Thomas can make me big plays in big games. Like Amari, am I 100 percent sure he will? Like last night's a good example. Marcus Lattimore is an elite corner. I know he's, they, they were saying last night he's had an up-and-down year. I mean, he's right. proven. He's been one of the better corners in the league for the last couple of years. He's like a, a young Tlaib. He's a physical, ball skills, make plays, get after guys' ass. I think anytime that's your kind of deal, it's hard to just have like seven straight years of elite play. <laughs> You're like, God, I'm, I, I can't be so pissed off today. It's just hard to maintain that edge. Like, I'm kind of happy today. You know, I, I got laid. My kid's healthy. I just got my direct deposit. I'm not angry today. It's like, how am I supposed to play angry? That's what is Like, Sherman was tweeting about, like, put some respect on my name. Like, I was like, damn, Richard, kind of mad. He's like, check my QBR against me. Like, Richard's on one today. Because I, I, what I think happens if you're Richard, you're at home, right? You and your fiance, maybe he's married now. Maybe she's out of town. He could be by himself and just flips on the TV. And a lot of these announcers are like, is Marcus Lattimore the best corner in the game? Like, you start hearing that. You're like, what the fuck? You never hear that during the season. Uh, if you're him, how many – you just don't get that many days to sit around and watch football. It's probably – you probably love it. If you love football. It, yeah, which he does. It's really – because even a Monday night football game, you have a walk through Monday morning. Then you probably eat lunch with the team. Then you get out of there. Maybe you go on a walk with your wife. You're not super just locked. Like yesterday, he'd had Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. He'd just kind of in the zone. I'm like, God, this is pretty good living. But then it's good living until you start hearing some of these announcers. Like, I've heard people call three different guys the best corner in the league. They didn't mention my name once. Like, because you notice, like, when it was like 11 o'clock, he was just tweeting lightly. Like, this guy, you know, doing a good job. You got to be careful with this. By about midday, like 2.30, he was pissed. He started tweeting out his own stats. Like, yeah, this is a Richard I know, you know? Because, again, like, he's so rich, so famous, and he's just trying to win now. You're not consumed by the anger. But if you just sit in it, and yesterday he's on social media, you're just watching the games, 
it can consume you. And it's, that's who Richard is. Like, he does have an edge. It's just harder to get out when you've made $80 million, you know? And, and you don't hear it every day. It's hard to play cornerback in this league. One catch given up, and all of a sudden you are having a bad game. That's why it's so funny to hear elite thrown around so loosely. Show me your elite numbers. Year after year after year, that's elite. My numbers back it up over my career. 48% completion percentage for my career. Not one year, not two years, career. Show me who else is doing that. Just a lot of flashes. I saw a lot of like ex-players that were like, I feel you, Rich. I see you, Sherm. You know, because obviously other players that are playing, like no current guys are quoting this. They're all on the field. We're warming up for next games, you know, or like in transit to their game. He's just kind of on an island tweeting about it. But again, he's so famous that like he is Richard Sherman, so he's tweeting about it. I just think he consumed a lot of football yesterday. It's one thing to consume it. Like, I, the, I don't think the casual fan quite comes to grips. They don't watch a game like you and I watch a game because they don't hear announcers. So you get to hear these narratives right. of these announcers, and it starts, Richard's like, you're selling me that wide receiver is the best in the league? What the fuck are you guys talking about? Right. And the, the NBA, for example, you see it more because you watch other games on TV. NFL players don't watch other games on television. When you hear, quote-unquote, they're watching film, it's they're, they're like 1920 movies. They're silent films. It's just the coach with the clicker screaming at you, Rich Gannon lines, while they're, while they're hitting <laughs> rewind and forward. <laughs> there is no, like, Al Michaels chiming in with his, his thoughts. So great. Okay, Anything well. else? Josh Allen, Pats, Chuck Pagano, Matt Nagy dropping bombs in the locker room. Yeah, Trubisky's out this week against the Raiders. Not that I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. mean that much. Bills Lon- Pats. Our game's in London, John. If you're aware. Yeah. Well, Bills Pats War Zone. How about Kyle Allen's two and zero starting quarterback? And say what you want beats Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, we, I think that every time that a team's like defining win that they, their best stats are like, well, it's the Cardinals or the Dolphins. They did just beat the Texans in Houston. It's one of the better, you know, kind of upsets yesterday. I'm like, whoa, didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I think, you know, this time of year we've written teams off and they're not ready to quit yet, and that would qualify as one. Plus, guy, how do you write them off when they have, like, Christian McCaffrey's one of the best players in the league. Luke Keekley, if you heard Deshaun doing his little hand thing, that guy dominates. Uh, DJ Moore is a really good player. Like, I think part of the frustrating part about Cam was this isn't just some random-ass team. Like, we have – we've hit on some draft pictures, Cam. We need you to – can this maintain? Because you beat the Texans in Houston. Even if the Texans aren't a 12-win team, that's still pretty impressive. They're probably 9 or 10 wins, right? That's They might be. They might have some. I don't know if it's a fluke. Like Danny Dimes. Tampa was win was good, but yesterday he beat the Redskins. Like, what do I, and he threw multiple picks. Yeah. I'm glad Dwayne Haskins is getting his burn, though. He did throw a pick six yesterday, didn't he? He threw a pick down the sideline that I saw a contest. I gave his guy a chance to make a play. There was reports that John, that Jay was not going to make it till the end of today. Okay, well, but, today's still active. Yeah. Wouldn't you say it would be a crime against humanity if Dan Snyder didn't name Jimmy T the, the interim? <laughs> I saw him the other day on the sideline. I was like, oh, yeah. Would Jay, how fast would Jay Gruden become a Raider assistant? Doesn't it feel, though, like Jay's at the point where he just might take the rest of the year off? Like, he's pretty worn. He's really going to come to the Raiders. 
I know it's his brother, but just be an analyst, you know. If you're Jay, wouldn't you just like go to Cabo or something for like a couple of weeks? I don't know. Year? I don't know. You got all revved up, and then you the arrows out of your balloon in four weeks. Well, it shows you why I'm med for the media because I would be shit. I'm going to go play Pebble or something. Well, we that's know. why when they're like, uh, "What's are the we point sure, of having all this money?" Are we sure Bruce Bochy's really retired, or is he going to come back and coach the Padres? I'm like Bruce, <laughs> don't do that. Shut it down. The intensity of that yesterday made it feel like he's walking away, right? His speech was so great. I We've seen him talk. We've interviewed him multiple times. We've talked to him. I met him for the first time. You were there at the Fresno Grizzlies banquet like in 2010 that oh, I Matt emceed. Yeah. Matt Cain. And then we interviewed. We, we've talked to him the, multiple times. Was that times. the biggest moment of your career up until then? Yeah. On the dais with Matt Cain and Bruce Bochy. Pretty big deal. Uh, We interviewed him in spring training. We've talked to him plenty of times. He's always been enjoyable. But that level of speech up there, walking around, mic in his hands, no notes, not holding on to a podium, cracking jokes, that was really, really awesome. What did he say? Like his his kids and his wife's and their kids were like the greatest accomplishment of his life and like his wife called him, you know, partner – he get, I mean, you could see he was crying a little bit. Yeah, a lot. I, to me, the way he kind of, once he talked about his family, and then once he talked about the fans and the Giants. And the broadcasters. He did talk about, I missed some of the beginning. Oh, okay. He did talk about the broadcasters? Oh, yeah, he, he individually named all four of them. Pretty classic. It did, it, it did feel like when you coach for a team like this, like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Giants, and then you've won at his level, you know it doesn't get much better, right? You don't. What about the Cubs? If you think the Cubs can, you can win a World Series. Well, something Chicago. like, but it just didn't. It feel like the way he ended it, and then when he dropped, I know he used another guy's line, but he had the power to use it. Where it's like, damn, oh, he just dropped the really Lou Gehrig line, and it and it worked. It was yeah. like that. It was badass usage of that thing because it was like he means this shit. He understands like because I thought for a split second he was you know for a guy that. Always dreamed about playing this game. Like, I never was good enough. And I realized, well, he in his mind, he did play 10 years or whatever. It's like he was around for a while. Yeah. So his big league career wasn't maybe like Buster Posey, but it wasn't that shitty. And he's just, it was really sweet. It was a powerful moment. I, my takeaway, though, how much he just like let it all flow. Maybe it was just the emotion of this place, knowing that he'll never be back. Was like he's never going to do it again. But I guess you can never say never in this day and age. But that, that was my number one takeaway. It's like he knows it's just – it's over. And he, and you see his, his kids up there. I know my Ryan Fry and his wife Mona are really good friends with Brett Bochy, I think his name is, new wife. I think she's a Cal Poly girl or she somehow knows these girls. Like they're all like kind of raising their family. Like everyone thinks he's going to move to San Diego, and I think he's always spent – I think he's going to spend a decent amount of time up here. Like the power of – I'm not a parent yet, but I know the power of being a grandparent is like, I see Dennis Eckersley and I've seen him for the last couple of years. He comes here a lot. And as Elliot Schwartz told me, it's just because his daughter has a kid here. I think he's going to spend a lot of time around here because his kids live here with their children. Like this is, I, I look at the Currys. I mean, they're always, you're just around your grandparent, your grandkids a lot. I would hope we see him at the ballpark uh, some amount, but yeah, I would expect well, that. I, when I, I think- drove to pick, when I drove to pick up dinner last night, it was right after the speech ended, and so John Miller was on and was like, I'm pretty confident he's going to be around a decent amount. Like, you know, we hope. Like, he's always welcome here. 
Yeah, I mean, like, Dusty works for the organization. No one really knows that. But, I mean, people know that, I guess. But he just, like, does some scouting for him, whatever. I don't know if Bruce is going to be out at, like, San Jose watching the watching the minor league club filing some reports. I'd be surprised by that. But Well, I, I, I listened to Dusty on, like, an interview this summer, and he was pissed off doing it because he sees all these guys hitting the top of the batting cage. They're all trying to swing for home runs. He's like, I'm so goddamn tired of it. I just want some base hits. You know, it's driving him nuts. He's like, yeah. I feel like the old head. But if I see one more guy hit the top of a batting cage in batting practice, I'm going to lose it. And I think Bochy's a little like, – I could see him going on the road and it bothering him some of the fundamentals they're being taught because to him it would be the complete opposite. That's, that's, but, the, that's exactly when Willie Mays Hayes came back from, from Major League One for Major League Two. He was doing nothing but popping it up in the did, cage. Did you see – there were a lot. The Giants for the last like week you know, had people that – Send in videos they record from everyone, from former players to Dusty to Steve Kerr, you name it. The most powerful one I saw by a mile was Pablo, who was like in tears for 50 seconds. It was it was the best one by like Sergio Romo gave a pretty good one actually, <laughs> in his little Sergio way. But Pablo's of just being in tears, the mm-hmm. one guy that believed in him, who's been like a fu- it was just like whoa. To Pablo's crying. Pa- Pablo spoke at the thing yesterday too. Didn't eating. Bef- like they had PV spoke and Vogel song and Pablo. The moment when Lincecum appeared was pretty cool. Everyone by L- then L- knew L- he was coming. He talked. He did not talk. He did an interview with Amy G afterwards. Um, w- was the whole team out there too, as well as the former players? They mm-hmm. all went out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. Even Dave Dave Roberts comes running out of the dugout. That, I saw that, and Barry threw his hat, and that was good. And Posey, even Posey was good. Posey, did you hear Posey's line? No, I, I only watch both. Posey turns around and he's like, man, a lot of you guys look old. <laughs> and then he said, like, you know, I got some grays. I'm going to have to shave my head, take it all off like Barry. Did, but, did Bumgarner talk? Uh, Bumgarner presented Bochy with home play. I don't think he didn't speak, no. Do you get the sense that that was his last game yesterday? Because it kind of felt like that on Twitter. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they get, they, you know, he pinch hit. That was kind of, That was kind of a cool moment. And people think that. People were on Twitter were saying that Kershaw tipped his cap to Bumgarner. He didn't. He tipped his cap to Bochi is what he was doing when he walked off the mound. That was a cool moment, too. Like, yesterday was pretty had some Bumgarner sweet, like, lines out the third, but could have got a base hit off. Didn't he only throw him fastballs? Like, he was just like. Only threw him fastballs, yeah. I now, mean, granted, it, it, was it was like. Nine yeah, nothing. Bull, yeah, it didn't matter. So, but. they just gave him work like a bullpen because he's not going to be able to pitch till like, Friday, right? Is that why they had him pitch yesterday? I Yeah, I assume so. I didn't. I, if that's what they said, I. I missed it, but I mean, I wasn't really paying attention to what the Dodgers game plan. But was. I'm saying, like, why sense. would you bring Kershaw in a random game on Sunday when the playoffs start? Probably just to get some work, right? Yeah, that would make sense because you wouldn't pitch him in some random game that he's not starting in ever in the regular season, right? It just makes sense when you're not because I haven't seen it. But is he their opening day starter in the playoffs? You'd think, right? Eh. Maybe he's not. I don't know. I haven't seen what their rotation plan is, but. Uh... Did they finish with more wins than the? Yeah, they, they finished. Did. Yankees had one hundred three, yeah, one hundred six. No, not even close. Oh no, Houston has one hundred seven. So Houston has home field. Oh, the All Star game doesn't count anymore. No. Uh, so you know, Houston. I would sign up for Houston, LA right now. But anyway, I I thought my biggest thing like Lincecum. You know, Lincecum hasn't been back. He came for that. Um, listening to Bochi talk, you know, he always was kind of the guy that he was the centerpiece of all three World Series. But he always, to me, had just the perfect mix of like letting it be about the players, which doesn't even when I say it feel like the right way to 
put it, but he just he was a former player and he always seemed to just appreciate. You really get it when he talks about what Bumgarner did in game 7 of a 14 World Series. Like even though he's the guy that speaks for the team, you do get the sense that he just really appreciates like at the end of the day the players have to go win these games. And he has had a lot of guys, like so many guys that had to go help him win games. I agree. Zito, I mean, just Vogel song, like those guys. They had so many guys, John, that were dead. Their careers were just over. I guess Zito wrote in his book that he hated his teammates. Well, no, he said he rooted them. against them in like yeah, 10. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. 2010. But then they could have done it without him in 12. I know. It's a human, it's a human feeling. I, just, I appreciate the, uh, the transparency. Drew Brees, it seemed like, had kind of settled down. He was back to just cheering for his teammates this weekend. He was a big cheer on his teammate guy. Because it, it was a, getting a little too much when it felt like they might lose. Like Drew, We don't need to see Drew every time, like, mad. He did when they had the final, whatever, however the game ended. How'd the game end? They throw a pick or something? Did he went and celebrated? Well, the and game like, ended and with... Then, and then Drew's, like, throwing his hand. I'm like, Drew, fuck... That finger's worth a lot of money. Yeah, the group, the, the game ended with them trying to, they were at midfield, but Dak got pressured. He had to throw, like, back foot, came up to, like, the 10-yard line. Oh, yeah, that, that's what it was. So, he had the Hail Mary, yeah. Anyway. But when Drew was, like, hitting helmets, like, Drew. <laughs> Be careful, buddy. All right, on that note. Later. Adios. Pelota! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.